uh, embarking bravely on on the second uh, uh, hundred episodes now. Welcome to Hand of Pod. to talk about. Welcome to Hand of Pod, everybody. I'm Sam Kelly. I'm joined, as nearly always, by English Town. Hello. Welcome. And uh, by a couple of people who, who were sadly unable to make it uh, last weekend, we've got Santiago Munyaguria. Ah, you pronounce it right. Thank <laughs> Great. Brilliant. Welcome, everyone. And uh, welcome back from his uh, brief European sojourn to Joel Richards. Thanks for having me back. Good to have you back. Um, we're also joined... Yeah, I wasn't sure if I'd get the call up or not. <laughs> <laughs> we're also joined, um, possibly, uh, or probably fairly briefly, um, by old Handapod stalwart from Beyond the Grave. Uh, welcome to Australian Dan. Welcome back, Dan. Thank you, and hello to everybody. Uh, how are you finding it following Argentine football from, what, the middle of the night over there? Successful, not successful? Uh, less successful than I thought. So I, I wanted to try and, you know, keep in touch with everything um, pretty comprehensively. But uh, it's sort of it's not middle of the night. It's more like it probably ranges from about two or three in the morning to uh, about nine in the morning here. Um, so uh, it has been hard to. And then almost none of it's on TV, so I'm not a big fan. <laughs> it's almost so, as if it would have been easier staying in Buenos Aires to cover it, wouldn't it? Probably, yeah, would have would have been easier to uh, see more matches there. Um, Daniel, but no, I feel you. Um, I was in New Zealand when Arsenal was champions, and I had to wake up at seven a.m. to see it. So, yeah, that was yeah, awful. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean the, the times are not impossible. I mean, it's it's not a problem getting up that sort of early to watch games. But yeah, just the whole streaming and uh, kind of you know a lot of other stuff going on. That I'm sort of working a, a sports journalism job now, so trying to learn as much as I can about all the stuff I'd forgotten about AFL and rugby league and stuff so a bit hard to keep up with uh, Argentinian stuff in depth but I'm still keeping an eye on it and uh, you know following you guys on Twitter and all that sort of stuff so that helps that's very kind of you I'm sure all of our um, long term listeners will be glad to hear your voice again the the shorter term listeners are probably wondering who the hell you are Um, (laughs) Aussie Dan for the benefit of those shorter term listeners Aussie Dan was was one of the original Hand of Pod team and is the reason that English Dan gets referred to as English Dan still every week so thanks for that Dan I mentioned the other day I was was there up until episode um, was 76 or 77 or something I was surprised so many of them actually Um, Indeed, yeah. Not the accounting. I can remember about three, but yeah. In in the little that you have been able to follow, have you been particularly impressed with anybody? Is there anything at all that you have to say about the the league itself? Um, not all that much, apart from that. Yeah, it's good to see Lanús back at the top, and I mean, yeah, they're just and even Newells and teams like that, and they're just so sort of consistent that it's. And I mean, we've seen them there in the past. So it'd be nice to see them sort of go on and, and maybe win it this year. Um, Lanús is always, always a team that I quite uh, quite liked, um, and I don't know, like uh, yeah, having sort of 
thing that Skorko has been doing extremely uh, well. Uh, and also, um, I noticed uh, Ruben Botta has finally... He was actually, when I, when I started my website, which is, I think, about three years ago, um, and I started the Rising Star section, he was actually the very first guy I, I featured as a Rising Star. Prophetic. Uh, Myst- Mystic Dan does come right sometimes. Like a while yeah. Ahead, but still, yeah. But then he sort of, like, yeah, he, I mean, he looked really good even then, but then he, he's never really sort of broken through until, I guess, the last uh, season or so, and, and now he seems to be killing it. Um, so, yeah, good to see him finally pull through that. Um, no, no, aside from that, yeah, I haven't, I mean, the, the mistake, I think, which, which was Bianchi going back to, to Boca, um, a bit like Captain Cook going back to Tahiti or wherever he went and got slaughtered by the, by the natives there, because he wasn't supposed to go back. <laughs> very, very, um, very good metaphor, I think, very good parallel. Yeah, um, yeah, he really had nothing to gain, I think, by going back, and, and I'm surprised that he did. Um, Are we still talking about Captain Cook now? Uh, yeah. Both, both of them. <laughs> it was almost the same, same guy. Yeah. Uh, you had a question from English Dan a second ago, Dan, obviously. I was just going to ask you, Dan, do you think um, in the Benyinde you're going to go to the V? It looks pretty likely to me. I don't know. Uh, like, I haven't looked at the maths of it or, or I haven't seen them play, really. Uh, but it doesn't look good yes. from this end. We'll be discussing those maths um, in, in just a few minutes. Later on, listeners, uh, Australian Dan will be back to resurrect Mystic Dan, because Mystic Sam's been such a roaring success. <laughs> um, actually, I think I've got five this weekend, I'm quite pleased. Um, so we're going to record that section now, which is why you might hear a sudden jump in the sobriety of the podcast again towards the end, um, and I will put it in in its normal place uh, so there we go but for now Dan uh, we're going to get on with the with the pod so if you want to say just goodbye to the listeners alright um, well goodbye to the listeners and, temporarily um, what sorry temporarily of course because you'll be back at the end of the temporarily. show temporarily and that I'll automatically reappear later Brief appearance from Australian Dunn, who'll be back a little later. Um, we now, with time and space, yeah. seamless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've had a weekend that's been marked by, uh, more than anything else, some appalling refereeing decisions. Mm. Very how, how many matches are we counting with dodgy refereeing? I'm counting three at least. Probably ten. ten. <laughs> I mean, Kilmes, Boca, Boca, River, um, San Juan. Yes, yeah, all boys versus San Martin. Um, so this is four. I don't know if, it, if there were any dodgy decisions, but um, Guillermo was saying that he should have. I mean, if he'd been given a dodgy decision, he would be top. So he was saying he was saying given, he should, there should have been, been one given there. a dodgy decision yeah. that River. Had well, he's from he's from Boca. He's used to it. Like there's been a lot of talk about Lanús being set up for winning ten, the championship, though. So it's a bit cheeky from Guillermo to actually complain about the referees when everyone's actually talking about him getting. Benefited. Right. So, <laughs> so it's about this, um, Santiago because what, what's happened uh, over this weekend, over the last couple of weeks, really, is that Lanús have dropped um, enough points that they're now only joint top of the league. 
why we've tied them. It's been, um, it's been on them, though. Like, points like, the performances have gone down dramatically mm. like, from what they were, and, you know, from how they played the first, the opening weeks. Yeah, absolutely. The momentum's uh, stalled slightly. But tell us about this, these conspiracies. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a conspiracy theory, but um, there, there's a lot of talk about um, referees going for Lanús uh, for this championship and, you know, trying to benefit Lanús. Uh, trying to to get River and Newell's some strange decisions to to make. Less. And, what, and what's the theory on this? Is this because of Nicolas Russo? What, what's the what's the link? Uh, I'm guessing not, maybe for yeah. Pasare- Pasarela. We know he's not much no. of a fan. You know. Well, they made up. Pasarela and Rondon have made up. No, no, no. They really have. Huh? Yeah. 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 Well, Lanús is always a club that has you know, as we say in Spanish, has done their, their homework. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's actually a platea in the Lanús Stadium which is called Julio Humberto Grandona. Um, oh. So maybe it's just their <laughs> turn. Serious, to get, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's maybe it's their turn to get you know to get benefit. No, the reason yeah. I said that obviously, and, and perhaps just so that people are, perhaps they don't know so much, but Nicolas Russo, who, mm-hmm. who is no longer the Lanús president, but was yeah. um, very very important man at AFA, very influential, um, said to be taking charge of the youth team structure. Mm-hmm. Um, if Umbertito, Bruno oh, that's what we're going to talk about later. Yeah, we're going to come to that. Hmm. But um, we don't forget. But anyway, it has put the but. But despite that, that, that close uh, relationship between Lanús and, and Afro on an institutional level, they are a, they are a club that are well organised. I mean, yeah, of course. Through Modelo. Years, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And they've got a good team and a good manager. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. If you're going to cover up a, a team winning a championship as a result of dodgy refereeing, then you could do it much less yeah. convincingly if you picked another team. Let's say it's not too difficult to see yeah. Lanús doing it off their own back anyway. Correct. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get on to probably the Union Lanús match later on. That was uh, last night on Monday, uh, sorry, Monday afternoon. In fact, why the bloody hell did they play a game at oh, four yeah, o'clock? No, on I'm afternoon? sorry, that is a disgrace. Well, it's not a bank holiday. How can you play a game exactly on a yeah. working day at four in the afternoon? It's no, ridiculous. It's People can't even watch it on TV, let alone get yeah. to the, yeah. get to the game. It's true. It happens and in Primera. I've time. never seen it happen so much in Primera. And it was the same time as the Man United match, which meant I couldn't concentrate <laughs> on either my team winning the league or on on the league leaders in in the league. I pay attention to more. Ridiculous. To be honest, anyway. I mean, you know what Van Persie did. I mean, we see that every every weekend here. <coughs> well, I mean, precisely, it's, yeah. You know, it's, it's not every time you get the uh, the opportunity to witness a very dull nil nil draw between the <laughs> young um, The first match of the weekend provided what would have been possibly the biggest talking point if it weren't for all these insane referee decisions of this week's Handapod. Joel, did you see this? Were you still in Spain when this happened? I was I across the Atlantic. I didn't see it because I was already drinking outside the dressing ground. Oh, wrestling player project. Of course they did. Yeah. I forgot about that. Dennis um, so Southfield. It's up to you and Santi. Dennis Southfield. Well, I heard what happened uh, afterwards. It's like a yeah, big yeah, scare, which seems to. This is what we're talking about. Yeah, um, not that, not that grave, not that serious. No, it yeah. was shocking at the time. Dennis uh, Southfield's reserve side really um, <coughs> lost three-one to Newell's Old Boys. We're going to be talking quite a bit about Dennis Southfield and Newell's Old Boys in the next couple of episodes because they've got a double header starting tomorrow night uh, in the Copa Libertadores second round as well. Um, which will involve both teams' first 11s, we must assume. Um, we had is that in Vélez or Rosario? Tomorrow's game is in Rosario, and then Vélez' group winners play the second leg at home, which will be next, I think next week, it might be in two weeks' time. Um, we had a very good goal to open up from Martin Tonso, we had goals from Maxi Urruti and Marcos Cáceres. Cáceres' goal was very nice. Oh, Rutti's was nice as well. Yeah, Tonson. Tonson as well. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, they're nice goals. Rescaldani pulled one back, in fact, temporarily equalised for Vélez quite early in the second half, pouncing on a defensive error. But the big talking point was that after the game, 
Um, oh God, I forgot his name. Ivan Bella, um, Velez Southfield midfielder, uh, collapsed and started having a fit just near the centre circle. TV cameras. TV cameras were rushing onto the yeah. pitch and were pushed yeah, up by Newell's players. They explained no, what so, it was. Sorry, can you tell? Because I, I didn't see it at all. It was something uh, like... There, there, was, people deny that. there was stuff on Twitter going around about... Uh, one guy, journalist with lots of fans, whose name I've forgotten, and who I wouldn't be mentioning anyway because he doesn't deserve the attention, claimed that he had a heart attack. Uh, he was visibly having a you know, fit. It was, yes. it was yeah, the start they thought it was epilepsy, but then stuff. they wrote that out as kind of Precisely. some sort of convulsion. I can't mm. remember what, the... What, what he said he'd been like told... He, he gave a, an interview... Well, actually, he, he put on Twitter uh, on uh, Sunday. He was allowed out of the hospital on Sunday evening. He put a couple of comments on Twitter on Monday saying um, thanks for the support and explaining what had happened. Basically, he, during the game, he got two really quite bad knocks on the head. One going up challenging for a ball and then another one he actually fell on his head on the yeah. floor it's sort of um, kind of like a short reaction. circuit of the brain precisely yeah, yeah, it was like a delayed reaction to that um, and nothing to do with epilepsy not life threatening at any point but it was shocking enough to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be watching on television and to see yeah. it the, the football paratodos cameras only actually caught a couple of seconds of him fitting and then the director I think yeah. realised yeah. no actually we shouldn't be showing this yeah. it was funny <laughs> well, funny might not be the word but strange listen to this because I don't know if you guys have seen this going into the stadium and you know I've um, Big results happen, but you know, obviously, you're not there. You're not with you're not with tellies or you're not with the radio or anything. So, what happens within a stadium if something important's happened before? It's sort of like a big game of Chinese whispers. Yeah. So, if I can remember rightly, the the whispers we'd heard and kind of the rumours that the game had been suspended. It didn't actually finish. That this happened in the middle of the game and it had been suspended. That it was because someone got hit in the head with a flare. That he had an epileptic fit. That the Vélez fans are right. Like all these kind of, just all these kind of things that go around. Yeah. Like it's obviously one person hears something from someone, pass it on to five people, and yeah. it's. Just, I think it's just a great phenomenon in this. And it happened exactly the same with um, with Boca San Martín because uh, we, we were going into the San Lorenzo Stadium for that game, and it all, it all starts filtering through, and everyone's like, "Nah, fuck off, that can't be true." <laughs> and like, yeah, you hear five, one, you hear six, one, yeah. So that's kind of how um, I heard the news. So I didn't exactly know what to expect when I kind of got home and started, um, you know, looking up what actually happened. But mm. yeah, it sounded serious enough. Like I think, I think it was great. You know, uh, all 22 players, the newest players, the Villas boys, that they all kind of put all the differences aside that were in the game and all were helping them. Which, which if anything else, is a really good example. And I know speaking to a friend of mine, a Villas fan. Who was in the stadium, even though they just lost three one at home. Kind of the Vélez fans were very respectful. Kind of uh, the Newell's fans even were very respectful. Like there was no whistles, no stupid stuff. Like you know, all were genu- genuinely concerned about what was happening to Bella. And that's news for Argentinian football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah for it sure. is. But um, football Parados transmission had a point when they said it was lucky that it happened in Anfitani in Vélez Stadium. If it had happened in any other, you know, in Maybe ten out of the twenty stadiums of preservation. I don't know if the ambulance could have gotten there well, right, a, on time. There's a regulation. There's a guy um, who I follow on Twitter, Javier Ranicia, um, who uh, whose name surname I might have just mispronounced. I can never remember. There were two <coughs> eyes in it. And I can never remember. Exactly he, he's but he um, he is, and he's linked with Argentinos Juniors. Um, and he was explaining to people while it was happening that in fact, although you can't always see them on TV, depending on what the stadium's sort of laid out as. 
um, ambulances have to have direct access to your pitch at Orkney Vera Stadium. Oh, yeah. uh, no, no, so yeah. even the tiny ones like All Boys and Abbey Seenots have it under <laughs> one of the main stands and you can drive out on it. it, it it's fairly basic for top level yeah. sport. No. Yeah, um, it should be. Yeah. Professional sports. But, uh, but yeah, of course, I mean, I guess it's just something that those aren't always those regulations aren't always observed yeah one of the only things you, you don't ever really know how it's going to be put into practice all well and good having yeah, these plans laid out yeah 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 of course corners get cut and, but no what happens with fans in the stand of course is another matter with players uh, well, fans dying of heart attacks in the stadium because you can't get a first aid kit at Going back to yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it's interesting you said the Amalfitani because uh, mm-hmm. just last year River Plate supporter um, died died in the in, yeah, in the inside in the, in the, in the uh, San Lorenzo fan that died outside, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that was the, that was the cops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was the yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, that win put Newell's Old Boys temporarily top of the league a point ahead of Lanús. Um, as we've already mentioned, Lanús got the draw later on in the weekend to peg them back they're both level now on 22 points uh, we're about halfway through the championship which makes things nice and interesting uh, the game after that as Dan's already mentioned was Racing at home against Colón de Santa Fe Dan Racing's players seem to be having a competition among themselves to see who could miss the easiest <laughs> sitter in this game Meryl Camaronesi eventually got one but he'd already missed about 7 or 8 during yeah. the first half if something like this was the dynamic of the game wasn't it well I'll have to take your word for it I missed a fair chunk of the first half, I must admit. <laughs> I love these weekly uh, rassing sections when it's like, so Dan, tell us, like, well, actually, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't at the stadium, or actually, I was a little bit pissed by then. <laughs> well, we did, we did miss, um, miss the start of the first half, let's say, by just around um, 25 minutes. <laughs> didn't miss too much, though. No, no. The emotions came in. Close, I mean, no. Yeah. And then, but is this indicative of how wrestling are playing? That you think, actually, we're not really going to miss much. So let's just have another. <laughs> another round. Round at home, no, I think you could just say you could take the last part of that. Yeah, let's get another round in without actually thinking in the first part. Oh, right. it's, it's coming up that much for <laughs> And then we had a lot of fun as well because uh, basically, with a friend of mine, we decided to spend the money that was earmarked to pay uh, this week's quarter, like the, the membership fees on beer outside the stadium uh, hoping that we would be okay and pass through if for some reason <laughs> got to the turnstiles and no of course not they ushered us through the back door and back out into the into the parking area of uh, El Cilindro but just before that we'd um, we'd crossed um, crossed with a an acquaintance of ours let's say who's kind of connected with a few people in Racing and <laughs> what you're saying is the capo of the battle of Rao. no 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 no, no he's He's uh, one of the guys that... He looks after uh, a couple of the banners around the stadium. If you've ever seen um, the banner Racing Midledio y Mecandena? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's mm-hmm. a guy who looks after that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because here we, we, we have... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's quite a responsibility to look after it's a banner a here. Because, uh, and it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you're with the banner. You know, everyone no. in the stadium, but... You no, no. And you but the banner has well. to know you. Because yeah. The banner has to know you, but it doesn't And the banner has to like you. Yes. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. so there's just a certain yeah. amount of allocated spaces for banners. You can't yeah. just go on no, and put your own banner like, "Hey, yeah, yeah. no." So it was great. Um, mm-hmm. We, by pure coincidence, we ran into this guy outside the stadium. This was 20 minutes after kickoff. Let's say I don't know what he was doing outside as well. I think he'd gone for a slash or something. And he and he said to us like, "Oh, if ever you need free tickets, if ever you need to get in, uh, give us a call." At this point, we thought we'd get in anyway. So it's like, um, no, it's fine, but. 
Give us your number anyway. So obviously five minutes after leaving him, we're calling. Seba, uh, we're outside. <laughs> we haven't got money. We need a ticket. Comes out in outside the uh, Platese, which is kind of one of the the upper tiers of uh, the Racing Stadium. Oh, nice and nice and peaceful, drinking drinking coke. Might have had Fanetti, might not. With um, <laughs> one of the policemen comes in. Come on, guys, come in. <laughs> policeman, the policeman himself opens up the turnstiles, pass straight through and up into the platea and yeah that's where we watch the game I love it but yeah <laughs> so it was good fun and absolutely smashed as well but it was a beautiful goal I must say oh, it was glorious yeah 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 brilliant yeah. but again with Racing which is I don't think we mentioned the score yet after all that it was uh, one <laughs> I mentioned it right at the start okay. one, one. just um, in case people have forgotten after my long rambling <laughs> story of misdeeds late equaliser from uh, the highest scoring midfielder currently active ah. in the Argentine mm-hmm. league Ivan Moreno the longest named player yeah. who is only one person um, but yeah it was just yeah. typical like Racing were on top the whole game they scored an absolutely beautiful goal and it seemed like it was there was five minutes to go and they just went to sleep. I think I can't remember well, who lost a ball in midfield, but just went from there. The defence was sucked in so tight. It went out to the right, cross in. No one even contested Moreno Fabianesi, and yeah, goal. There was no, and there was no way back. It was just you know, I think Racing as well after scoring that goal, they could have pressed on a bit more, but they chose to make a couple of more more defensive substitutions and sort of lost the rhythm a bit and yeah they were punished and it was a shame because you think Lanús dropped points so Frassing take three from there yeah, I'm not saying they're going to fight but the people were saying you know for they weren't going to fight it but you know se prende para pelear like mm-hmm. they hope it, yeah they switch on for a fight <laughs> let's say with a good taking off the season but I think that draw is going to going to be a big hit back. they have to go mm-hmm. to Newell's next weekend and and Villa's uh, the one after. Oof. Well, well Villa's, uh, both, Villa's at home. But both Newell's and Villa's are going to be... Yeah, but the teams love so. to make Racing's life a misery. <laughs> Colón, we've, got, we've done pretty well in recent years, but mm. Newell's and Villa's, they've got us pretty pretty figured out at the moment. By contrast to Racing, Colón's form since Roberto Sensini left following the sixth round defeat against San Lorenzo um, has stepped up enormously. They've won three in a yeah. row, and then they drew this one against Racing. Um, yeah. With Pablo Morantes, manager, I this think kind of stuff I might be makes, wrong. You, <laughs> makes you suspicious. You know, it's always when a team About starts losing, players, losing, uh, losing, losing. Yeah. The manager changes, and they start winning. You always think about being a camera, or a, like, like we say here, a bed. Uh, they're trying to get the manager out. They start losing until he goes out, and then they start winning. Mm. Well, That's suspicious. I'd like to say that mm-hmm. it is a thing, kind of universal in football. How often, time, how often do you see it when a new manager comes in, there is a bounce? It's a bit, it's of, a, it's a bit of a cliche. I'm not sure how genuinely universal it is. Yeah, you'd have to look into the statistics a bit, yeah. Well, Brindisi, Brindisi bucked the trend. Brindisi, <laughs> yeah. Brindisi definitely bucked the trend. <laughs> but, this um, is a perfect excuse in that case to start talking about the phrase in, in Spanish is, what is it? Técnico que debuta... Técnico que debuta gana. Gana. So, debutant manager wins. And um, and Independiente were dire. I mean, just there was no team worship there. No change whatsoever. Well, the thing is, he reversed the, the the decisions that Gallego had made by dropping some of the big name players. And you kind of think, in times of crisis, when Independiente are basically basically down, yeah. Um, yeah. you kind of think, well, your big players are going to be able to handle the pressure. Gallego had already dropped, you know, some people like 
Farias, Farias, the older players, but players exactly who who play no Argentine football, they've played abroad, they should be experienced and be able to handle a little bit more of the pressure. Starting starting 11 against Rafa. And Brindisi brought them all back. I won't read them all out, but it includes, well, okay, Tutsi on Tula, in fact, you've not got many alternatives and they were injured previously. They, they both came back in. Jonathan Santana, Roberto Batillon, Victor Zapata, Zapata Daniel Negro, who's the, been the one bright spot in fairness to him, yeah. most of independent. Yeah, I think the starting lineup on Sunday, yeah. Montenegro. The starting uh, yeah. lineup had two Paris. players under the age of 30. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was a funny match. Yeah. No, Eladio's old, 32. Yeah, yeah. Farias has the best possible situation in six minutes. Yes. I, yeah, I was. I, I watched it again just a minute ago, and mm-hmm. and you're right that he's through on goal. Farias mm-hmm. through on goal six minutes on the yeah, top, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the keeper was on the edge of his box. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. he just needs to chip it. Over. Well, not even chip it. It was just well, a he lot. could have the done. Was, there was a million options. Yeah, he was yeah, just. Yeah. Uh, he kind of tried a not even a yeah. chip, kind of a, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's what happens kick, when yeah. goes over. Two minutes after that, you get a goal from Rafaela. Twenty minutes after that, red card from Manquesho, and then it's yeah. all downhill from there. But this yeah. is what happens no in a team that's got no confidence, in a striker that's, that's got no confidence. Yeah. First goal you miss, and that's yeah. it. It all goes to hell. Exactly. Yeah. Very much what Aston Villa were like, uh, let's say. A couple of months ago in England, you, you know, as a supporter of a, a team who plays them, as long as you get the first goal, that's it. Mm. Yeah. And even if they score first, yeah. you think this is it for Independiente. Still win this easily. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, this is it. I mean, Independiente. Now we, we mentioned briefly in passing earlier when Australian Dan said he wasn't sure of the mathematics of their situation. We've, we've gone over them a couple of times in, in recent episodes. I've gone over them a lot. But <laughs> we, were saying, we were saying just before we started recording. Uh, Kilmes need is it Kilmes ten points if Rafael gets thirteen points? It's now impossible for Independiente to finish above those. Well, no, 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 it's, 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 well, it's, it's the other way around. Kilmes, Kilmes needs 13, thirteen and Rafael ten. And Rafael ten. That's if Independiente pick up every single point. That and this right. is with nine games to go, so with twenty-seven points to play for. Um, both Kilmes <clears> and Rafael are. Uh, yeah, and Independiente seem pretty form, far from good. winning all the games yeah. <laughs> that they yes. have left. They um, they are pretty far from. Th- they've won so far in the torneo three now. They Racing. Does anybody want to guess how many points in the <laughs> uh, Three, I'm going to go for. Well, three wins. Actually, they've got, they've got nine. Oh, they've two won wins. two and they've drawn three. Um, yeah. But the last one of those two wins was the was third, the, the third Actually, round yeah. against Racing. Second and third. Yeah, I think and there's, um, there's yet another suspicion here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the conspiracy theorist Sorry. here, but... Uh, yeah. Fill us in on this because we should mention, obviously we'll, we'll be asking most of our listeners questions later, but we have already had one listener question. Um... So this this can act as an, as an answer to that about why there are two uh, Seba mentioned on last week's podcast and there are two different refereeing um, uh, what's the word unions. association in, uh, association yeah mm-hmm. in Argentina and can we explain why that is and this ties in with this answer yeah so mm-hmm. explain why it is and then explain what the conspiracy is if you don't, <laughs> yeah if you don't mind well basically I was I was about to talk about Brindisi actually not about the conspiracy itself because Brindisi oh, uh, when uh, when Gallego quit or resigned, Brindisi kind of went in just three days after Gallego quit. Um, basically, Brindisi didn't want to take the independent management role uh, at first. I think that was on Monday. But then he got together with Grandona and Guillermo Marconi, which everyone is saying that this was an actual reunion, an actual meeting. And then he decided to take the management role. So Guillermo what Marconi, in the world? In case, Gish- because we're getting a bit confused now about what I've got to in and out, uh, Guillermo Marconi, in case we've not mentioned this already, yeah. is... He is the head of Sadra, which is one of the three, uh, one of the two unions for Argentinian referees. Which we'll be getting onto why there are two unions. And, and a recognized independent fan. Yeah. Um, basically, he's promised 
that no Sadra referees will go for any independiente matches. But he did get together with Grondona and uh, Brindisi, and after that, Brindisi decided to take the management role for Independiente. So, what in the world did Grondona and Sorry. Marconi say to yeah. to Brindisi in order to make him take this, you know, this sinking ship? So most people are saying Someone that this them. is because they both told him we're gonna make Independiente get saved. Did you or, did you mention that they're gonna be guaranteed Sandra referees for all of next season in the B, so they can come straight back up? Oh, maybe, maybe that's another option. With a group option. of nineteen-year-olds who need mm-hmm. some confidence. Did you mention that Grandona is an Independiente? Yeah, of course. Grandona is a very big Independiente ties, historical ties with Independiente. Yeah, yeah. He's well, he was, he was, was the president of Independiente. He was Independiente president before yeah. taking over. And his brother was in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Gondona family is very linked. Not to the, Independiente. But the thing is that I mean, the, the, the there are a couple of books now by Alejandro Fabri, who's one of one of the excellent yeah. and yeah, exactly historias negras, and it, it's all about stories about corruption, about violence, about all the all the stories that people prefer to sweep under the carpet, if you like. And in his introduction, he makes a very an excellent point, which is that look. You know, from the prime minister, from the president, to every single coach, um, assistant coach, to president of a club, everyone, and but also, I mean, politician. I mean, everyone has, everyone supports a team. Yeah. So that yeah, makes course, these yeah. things possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So everyone says, "Oh, well, hang on, Grondona is a yeah. is historically an independent supporter." You know, I mean, just these these conspiracy theories. I mean, everyone yeah. said that River Plate wouldn't be allowed to go down because mm-hmm. because so many people lose a lot of yeah, money yeah. and everyone lost a lot of money with. Then you could almost say the same about so, Pumas if it comes to exactly. a straight fight because they've got yeah, Anibal Fernandez, exactly. you've got Meisner, who's uh, I yeah. don't know if he's still yeah. the president, but the stadium is named after him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like uh, one of you know. No, well, Anibal Fernandez is a strong guy right now in Pumas. I heard, um, about, I heard apparently um, he still goes into the Quilmes Popular, mm-hmm. like right in between Mind the that. Barra or Anibal. Uh, oh. yeah. Goes into the Quilmes Popular and takes his shirt off and he chants with everyone else, That's like crazy. right in the middle of the Barra and yeah. stuff like that. We're talking about a top level well, functionary in the Argentine government. He was cabinet mm-hmm. secretary right, mm-hmm. of the yeah. national government. Oh, he's a senator now, isn't he? Isn't he a senator? Yeah, senator now, yeah. He's a cabinet secretary, I mean, as recently as certainly. I mean, since me and English Dan have been living here. Yeah, yeah last year I think it was. As recently mm-hmm. as last year, yeah. I think um, the you know there's a lot of suspicions, and I, I think when River went down, they didn't have any strong political power tied to River. I mean, we no. uh, everyone was saying Grandona le soltó la mano. Mm. Grandona just let go, let let go. You know, and Independiente actually have a lot of political <coughs> power behind it. Um, Moshano has a lot of uh, influence in Independiente right uh, now. Trade union leader. Um, yeah, yeah, very... Union, yeah. The, the most important union leader right now in Argentina. But do you think Cantero has played against... Because Cantero has... Because yeah. this will be... Cantero will be remembered for the man who, who sent Independiente down because if you look at the points, yeah. his points are much are worse than Comparadas, mm-hmm. the previous president. Yeah. But more importantly, Cantero will always be remembered as the first club president of a big club of the big five certainly yeah. to, to really take on the Barra Brava mm-hmm. and I just wonder he, Cantero's always said publicly and I think privately really he's never said that he's been ignored by the other other presidents and by AFA no. but he hasn't had the support no, no, of, of other, other colleagues everyone thinks oh yeah nice one yeah, so I just wonder right whether this is to play and you know yeah. the whole Cantero against the Barra Brava story <clears throat> has died no one's talking yeah. about it anymore because now we're talking about Possibility and the probability that they'll go down, but I do. I wonder whether the fact that Cantero dared to take on the Barra Brava 
and make it public and made it such a an important policy for his his presidency, whether that has played against yeah. him ultimately in all of this yeah. conspiracy, you know, not Plus helping if, out. If we want to add even another conspiracy <laughs> onto the pile, <laughs> if if you guys look it's got back, nothing to do with their rubbish. No, 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 <laughs> nothing to do with that. But if you guys look back, like the free fall of Independiente correlates pretty much with the same time that Moshana started his break up with the um, with the government. Now that is the national that is government. Heavy. Hmm. Yeah, just just throwing it out there. I'm not saying there's a causation, but there's a correlation. Yeah. But you know, after all the conspiracies <laughs> and everything, it's after but all it's just 22 guys yeah. and a ball yeah. in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Indian have been doing it really yeah. badly for that's years. It. If, yeah. that's if you it. if you want to try and fight against all of these powers that, is, that are supposedly going to be sending you down to the second division, then you can do much more sensible things than say signing Juan Caicedo as the striker is going to score. Farias is a player who was in demand and lots of other this teams wanted to buy sure, him. Yeah. And when, I mean, Caicedo, when Caicedo got signed for Independiente, um, Carl Warswick, who runs mm. the, the Colombian football podcast and who's been watching Caicedo <laughs> a lot, uh, mentioned he's got to have the best agent in the world. He's absolute shit. Yeah, well, Max Max Lopez played for Barcelona and Milan. So (laughs) going back to this classic example, yeah, exactly, exactly. But but I think more to the point, Caicedo was was is one of the most recent signings, isn't he? I mean, Farias is is a player who scored who scored. I mean, literally not not exactly hundreds 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 of goals in Argentina. So he was brilliant in River. He was brilliant in the Andes. He started here and in the Peñinde like his latest spell with the hat trick against Boca. Yeah, Montenegro was brilliant as well. When, yeah, Montenegro, yeah. 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 Montenegro. Actually, well, Montenegro's yeah. been all right. He's been, as I think Sam mentioned earlier, he's been probably the only, he's been the closest thing to a the closest sport, thing to someone who's been flying the flag in the into this season. But what I think it's is, the the, there's, there is a very, I mean, referees are going against San Martin de San Juan since the beginning of the championship. There's been a very big yeah, uh, yeah. research by um, Fantino's Fantino. show yeah. uh, about it, and it's very serious. No, it's good, it's good. And yeah, 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 it's really, I mean, they, they have one penalty every single match against them, yeah, like yeah. average. And I, I think there's a lot of pressure trying to get El Rojo Independiente in Primera, but it's it's not enough because so they're so, because so shit. Yeah. They're so bad Sad. that it, it's not enough. <clears throat> And uh, they're trying also um, to go against Quilmes. When we're going to the Quilmes match, there's also a. Uh, they were against Quilmes, the referee had a goal disallowed. And, well, Quilmes actually won it anyway. Yes, because yeah. you have to be even better than the yeah. referee going yeah. against you. That's what. <laughs> and the, you know? the Independiente model, which, as you said, they only have got two or three players under the age of 30, is different. It's interesting because River did exactly <coughs> the opposite. River got rid of their older players. Yeah. They, they let. Gachardo and Ortega all leave yes. and, and left as the youngsters independently yeah. and have gone the other way and have brought a lot of experience but ultimately it hasn't yeah, it hasn't, too much. They hasn't exactly too well, much well you could say it worked a lot better for Oliver in that last yeah. year than, than it has for Independiente yeah that's true because you can't that they, last they were, year they were very close to it, yeah. no, exactly. yeah. look as an Arsenal fan like Leguizamón is the the top goal scorer in the history of Arsenal. I couldn't believe when they signed him to Independiente mm. because mm. he's always injured. Yeah. He plays 8 out of 20 matches. Every yeah. single, okay, he's brilliant in those 8 matches, but it's still 8 out of 20. Yeah. So yeah. why in the world... And, um, yeah, seriously bad, you know, bad <laughs> some, management. There's some bad Prior, karma going around. Yeah, bad car. decisions. Prior, dragging it back to, to the weekend, is gone. And to, to the other scores prior to that, uh, Rafael. Hang on, one, one more conspiracy. No. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> of Independiente. 
Uh, we had two matches on the Saturday as well. All Boys and San Martin de San Juan drew 1-1. So we did see one of Independiente's relegation rivals have points That's taken it. off them. Well, which was directed by And the other thing I should say as well, we'll get on to exactly why those points were taken off in a second. Uh, the other thing I should say is that we were talking a, a few weeks ago, we, we said basically San Martin and Union ignore them when we're trying to calculate who Independiente need to finish above to stay up because they're both fucked anyway. Yeah. This coming weekend... If San Martín win and Independiente don't, San Martín will go above Independiente <laughs> in the standings. Um, oh, so we had San Martín draw with all boys. Uh, in fact, San Martín would have, would have gone above Independiente in the standings if they won that game as well. Um, and they would have if it wasn't for the disallowed goals. Precisely. And so we had Quimes beat Estudiantes. <laughs> and now Santi, since you're clearly desperate to mention this, <laughs> tell us about the refereeing in all boys versus San Martín. Yeah, it was in all boys and San Martín and also in Quilmes, the Quilmes match, both Sadra referees. The uh, referee of Floresta uh, in the all boys match yeah, was Pablo and Diaz. Here, and Pablo the referee in Quilmes match was... Uh, Silvio Truco, Silvio Truco, which are both Sadra referees because, of course, Sadra referees are not going to direct any independent matches uh, and until the end of the season, but they are going to direct Gilmes matches and San Martin San Juan matches, and it wouldn't impress me at all if uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if all of Gilmes and San Juan matches from now on were directed by Sadra referees. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, San Juan had a very serious goal. It was it was a legitimate goal, and it was disallowed for basically. Uh, or was it I a penalty? I can't remember. It's yeah, a yeah, penalty. penalty. No, yeah, it was a penalty. Ridiculous. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, you you always have to you always have to think about these things. The the weird thing was that although, as you as you say, the the award of the penalty was stupid, San Martin managed to cancel it out a minute later. Yeah, and you can just see what the ref was going through the referee's head. There, yeah, I've done a good job. I've done what my boss has told me. Yeah, one minute later, he's thinking, oh fuck, I've got to do it all over again. <laughs> um, and of course, they can't be too obvious. No. They can't. I mean, no, they, they, they can just do one of those as we, matches. As so. we saw with Quilmes versus Estudiantes, where, um, can we remember who, was it, it was Gogni, wasn't it? Ernesto Gogni, mm-hmm. with a towering header, quite early on, maybe halfway through the, second, uh, the first half, um, to put Quilmes 1-0 up against Estudiantes, they were celebrating, the commentator was screaming goal, and <laughs> then you think, no, it's no. been disallowed. Yeah, what for? Why has it been disallowed? Oh, clearly, no. you know, there's a push in the box. He's, he's climbed on somebody to get the header up there. He was very high up. Mm-hmm. Replays, no, no foul Nothing. at all. Should be yeah. 1 0 to Kilmos, it's not. And Martin Calderuccio, uh, with three minutes to go, um, takes the ball down, turns excellently, lands his marker on his ass, puts a fantastic shot into the bottom corner, celebrates like he's won the World Cup final. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great goal, though, because he took it took like five goal, minutes. A great celebration. It's about five gone, minutes on the ball yeah, in, the, in the box. Exactly, yeah, to beat a player and everything, but it was really, really nicely mm-hmm. taken, that. Yep. No, very good win for Kidmas. Even though we said Estudiantes has just been dire this season. Yeah, yeah. what's, what's yeah, wrong with Estudiantes? It seems to be a transition season. We've tried to answer the question a few times this year. I have to say, I, I thought performance-wise, I thought they were better. They, it was Mauricio Bellagrino's first match in charge. They weren't brilliant, by any means, but they were, they were better than the absolute shit they've been playing like for pretty much the whole Donnell final so far. And you look at the squad and you can believe it. Yeah. And it's, I think it's going to be interesting to see what, how Pellegrino gets, gets on as well. We've been about for the last two years. He, oh, look at the squad they should be doing better than they are. Maybe the players mm-hmm. just aren't that good, really. Maybe it was Sabella who was... Oh, but did you know that Veron is thinking about going back? Well, exactly. Veron's thinking about coming back. Diego Caña, I mean, his reputation is very mixed now, isn't it? Because, I mean, he started so well at Tigre in Chile. They're extremely unhappy with him. At Newell's, he didn't do very well. 
and and Estudiantes, he was wasn't able to get what we all agree is a good squad of players to play mm-hmm. to play well. Um, I think Pellegrino will be interesting to see because he's again he he lasted what six months or not even at Valencia, mm-hmm. but didn't do too badly. I mean, he took them further than, than they were expecting in the Champions League. So I mean, he yeah. did reasonably well. And I, I don't know if, if wait and see how he obviously how he gets on. But I'm interested to see how he does develop and if he can get that group of players to do well. But I think Veron, as you said, is. Yeah, it's very important. I mean, if he comes he's, back, just he's, for what he's, he's what a key. He, yeah. exactly. I mean, he's he's not as mobile Maybe as he used to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just for the spirits. Mm. What's interesting about the students is that even though they're doing badly, they're keeping the same, you know. The same strategy for hiring managers. We're going to get a young manager. We're yes. going to get someone who doesn't maybe have a lot of experience. They've been doing it since Simeone, mm. and we're going to stick with it. Yeah. This is our strategy, yeah. and that's very important in Argentinian football, where a team just kind of goes from one extreme to another in yeah. six months. You get a very defensive manager. He goes do badly, and then you get like I don't know, Capa or someone who's very <laughs> you know uh, attacking oriented. So it's interesting for us to get to do it. And I really can't figure out what's happening to them. I think they have a very solid squad. Yeah, um, yeah. Really interesting. What's the name what? of the uh, number nine? Colombian number nine that they have. He's brilliant. Uh, and they're also Zabata, getting Zabata. 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 Yeah, he's brilliant. He's, he's not going to be in Argentina very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but they're getting Carbonero for next tournament, mm. which is meant mm. to be an interesting. Oh, he's and, you know, back, he's coming back from a loan from Arsenal, which is meant to be. A, a I was under the impression that his his. Transfer to Arsenal had been made permanent after no, he fell out with the alone. directors. Yeah, because yeah, he went back from loan originally and then fell out with the directors and got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he was a, a, another loan. Yeah, uh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought they'd but let you have he, He's meant to go back to, to the end. I don't know if he'll, they'll take him. They're not too happy about him. Uh, right. You know, the supporters. But he's a brilliant player, so they, they, they should give him a chance. Mm. Just take him a couple of games to, to win them back. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Him and Zapata combining. They're both, as you said, both brilliant. Yeah. And they're both different kinds of player as well. Cabanero is much more tricksy and, and yeah. intricate, let's say. Whereas Zapata is a bit of a... He can do that stuff, but he's a bit of a battering ram as well. Yeah. Um, on Sunday, following the uh, the Rafaela Independiente match, we had a few other matches. We had a nil-nil draw in La Bombonera between Boca and Belgrano, um, in which Boca were actually possibly slightly unfortunate to only get a point. I can't um, believe I'm saying it. Well, <coughs> yeah, because they had a perfectly good goal disallowed. They did. Exactly. Two minutes in. Was it a corner? or from, It was a corner, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Um, oh, was it no, 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 it was a free kick. It free was a free kick, kick uh, by uh, Riquelme. He hit yes. the post and then he kind of goes back and everything. That's and right, he got scrambled it. in by, I'm trying to remember who, I think it might have been Bordiso. Um Came off the crossbar, bounced down a yard over the line. No, maybe not a yard. No, but not good, so much. You know, a, a foot. Or well, when you see it in, no, but you're right. When you see it in normal speed, but, but this isn't. This is not so This obvious. isn't San Martin away. This is Boca. Yeah, home. that's that's yeah. the point. When that's so the thing. Right, that's that's the thing point. I, there's a slight doubt, yeah. but everyone first time in a lot of time. time. First time. And this is what this is what I this doesn't. This is what I put on Twitter right after it happened. When did Boca start getting calls like that in La Bombonera? And why? It's not like they've had a big argument with the head of the after. It's not like River two years ago. We're all thinking too much of conspiracy. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about, <laughs> just talk about the football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every game we're going to analyse that. But no, I mean, it's 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 I think it was just bad luck for them. I mean, yeah. every single team gets a yeah. badly disallowed goal. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of, it was meant to happen sometime for Boca, but it never does. It never does. And when you see the play in real time, yeah. not in the slow mode that they yeah. show in Blue Paradox, in real time, it's very hard to see that yeah, ball this inside yeah, because no, it was yeah. a very quick play. Yeah. So no, I I, I, I'm not seeing a conspiracy yeah. in this one. At 
Don't confuse Sunday. Who would have thought that the man who's been brought up in Argentine football suddenly has some sanity to the one who's well, 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 given us all the scene of Arsenal yeah. as well. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I thought so. Boring match. Boring match. It was. Dreadful. But it's dreadful. admittedly, it would have been quite hard for Boca to have not improved on the previous weekend showing. Well, they um, kept a clean sheet, which I think was they did. all they wanted. For the first time, game. if you include the Libertadores, it's got to be the first time in about fifteen hundred matches or something. Um, I don't think they've done it this year, have they? Or maybe they, they've had a nil-nil. I don't know. Yeah, no, they, they've definitely kept clean sheets this year, um, but they've they've not done. For yeah, they, they have for Copa Libertadores as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I guess Nacional. Yeah. 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 of course, that. After we recorded uh, last week's um, episode, Boca lost. Was it three two in the end? Three two. Yeah. Uh, but they got pummeled in Britain. I mean, it was yeah. three two, but I mean, it should it have been four one or something. Yeah, um, they the qualified anyway for the knockout stage of the Libertadores. From what Carlos Bianchi afterwards, perhaps slightly optimistically, referred to as the group of death. Um, I think I did the sums before this game, and it was something like in fifteen games this year, you know, including Libertadores and um, and the league. I didn't include Copa Argentina, but. In 15 games, they'd conceded 27 goals. Yeah. So, for a Bianchi team... Yeah, it, it, it really... No one. Really you know, nearly two goals a game in Argentine football. How, how long it's it's been since Boga has, has, has had such a poor showing in the Argentine yeah. tournament. It's very poor. Well, yeah, long since before... Lautaro Costa said today that he's um, just pointed out that under Bianchi we're much more attacking and that mm. um, under Falcioni we were much better organised which is amazing really when you think that Bianchi's uh, <laughs> yes. reputation is built on yeah. very yeah, solid, solid defence yeah. yeah. exactly been raining Swiss goals either. Does, does this say <laughs> exactly, it says exactly. More, uh, probably says more about Falcioni than, than about yeah. 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 but the Bianchi but are, this is ten, sorry, just, ten just years take ago it back, mm-hmm. take it back sorry Santi to interrupt but take it back to what Dan said just a second ago um, one of the stats that I saw mentioned on I think it was on ESPN Sports Centre or something right after that game was that Boca now three winless matches is away from equaling their worst ever run in the Argentine oh, Primera, wow. which is wow. bearing in mind who the manager is and also the players they've got as we said as yeah, I was well, saying last week some of them team. are quite old yeah. but as Dan was saying they're all good it's very serious yeah. what the bloody hell's going it's, on it's, it's um, strange uh, uh, um, Bordiso was brilliant in Arsenal mm. and now he seems mm-hmm. to be yeah and Celay was brilliant in Estudiantes and now mm. he seems to be well, so it's just really a matter of how good Lisandro Lopez is as a, as a, as a defender. If yeah. you can make even Guillermo Bodiso look yeah. good, <laughs> yeah. I think I think Lisandro Lopez is. Yeah, but I think you have players who can't perform as well in big teams than in small teams. Yeah. When you don't yeah, have the pressure, sure. when you have a very small support yeah. uh, supporting yeah. base, when you can lose and everything is okay, when you get yeah everything is okay, then but you have players who just can't handle the pressure, no. and that I think that's the case with Bordiso. Well, Dan point, touched on the point of, of the decision of Bianchi, Bianchi to return. It's like, why would you when you've, you've won so much? And it's an interesting point. When I was in Madrid just the other week, I was told that um, Bianchi only stopped receiving the money from Atletico Madrid um, about two months before <laughs> <laughs> before returning to, to Boca. Really, really, the, the whole just thing was... The, when was he working for Atletico Madrid? 2001? Well, no, 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 but it was, no, no, it was, it was more... Three 2000, or four, no, no, 2007. Oh, that two, oh, really? Yeah, 2006, maybe. That's and he, um, well, let's check, but the point is that he was on a contract that was, and the deal was that if he took any other job, coaching job, then he wouldn't uh, receive, they'd, they'd cut, mm-hmm. the, cut loose the contract. But... If he was just uh, if he wasn't coaching, then they'd pay out the rest of his contract. So, uh, so yeah, he had he quite a long career as a manager. He was fine because hmm. he was uh, manager at Boca in exactly. 2009. Exactly. That was didn't, didn't absolutely count. yeah. 
2005, 2006, seems I'd like to go manager. Yeah, so 2000, yeah exactly. So uh, I was about to say that. I remember Bianchi's teams from 2001, that's 2002, that's 2005. And it was I know, like, that's a bit of a just bizarre, a bit hearsay. Mind you, we'd have been on a seven-year contract. No, but in, in that era, we'd have been talking about, what, Jesus Heels Atletico Madrid? Yeah, that's true. So it's, it's not entirely inconceivable. <laughs> it's not beyond the realms of possibility, let's say. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Bianchi teams were, were very solid in defence. I mean, they used to just score one goal before the 30-minute yeah. mark, and that was it. That was the end of the game. You could just switch off the tea leaf because... Nothing was going to happen, Bocas was going to hold the ball for the whole game, and there was going to be no more situations for yeah. none of the other teams, and that was it. Next up. That, that's, that's what used to be. Yeah. The, the really, if there's any good news to take from uh, at least semi sort of uh, rational uh, Boca Juniors fans, if there, if there exists any, after this 0 0 draw against Belgrano, it is, of course, that Juan Roman Riquelme had to be subbed after half an hour and is going to miss the next. Ooh, at least the next match, maybe next the next match. two, maybe the next three weeks, depending they, on how bad they want him back for Corinthians. For they want him back for Corinthians, mm-hmm. and this is the next point: is that they've now, having qualified in the Copa Libertadores, having qualified second in the Libertadores, they have to play a first place team, and that team is Corinthians, which are, of course, the team who we can't exactly say it's a clash of styles, but Corinthians very much um, beat uh, Boca in last year's final. So, mm-hmm. after which Ricardo threw his hissy fit, and so on and yeah, so forth. Yeah, yeah. um, is Ricardo going to be back? Corinthians, from what I've heard, have improved, have only improved since, since then, have not got any worse. Boca have mm-hmm. certainly not improved since no, then. Not at all. It, it's not going to be a clash of stars, as I say, but it could turn out to be quite one sided. Oh. I fear. Although, I it's Bianchi's yeah. Boca in the Libertadores. Yeah. So, inevitably, it's this always. is the point where, even though they're still doing crap in the league, they'll just win every time on penalties and yeah, yeah, yeah. trophy, right? Yeah, I wouldn't rule them out, but mm-hmm. um, I can't see them getting a result. I can't see them being Corinthians. They're too, they're too strong yeah. for me. This yeah. is Corinthians who bought um, Pato. Right? Yeah. For 12 million euros. Yeah, yeah. and they've also got Guerrero, Peru's <laughs> best striker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Paulinho. I mean, just those two, I mean, come on. Yeah. Blandi yeah, and Biagli against. <laughs> and Pato. And it's no disrespect to Blandi and Biagli. Never mind, never mind. Caruso and Lisa against Pato Penalty machine Caruso, as we know. But this is. This counts for every Brazilian team against almost every Argentinian team. In the last year or two years or so, Brazilian teams have had so much players bringing them back from the European leagues. I mean, the Brazilian league has had so much of a budget to get these players that. You know, when Arsenal is playing Atletico Mineiro, you have an ex-Arsenal, you have Ronaldinho, you have yeah, a youngster, yeah. 19 years old, like yeah. Bernard, who's scoring three goals in every match. You've got Joe, you've got Tardelli. Like, yeah. And from the Arsenal side, you have, like, I don't know, you have Marcelo Ortiz, which is, like, he played in Sweden, and that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a bit hard for Argentinian teams against Brazil. No, no, no. This, the last couple of years, it's, it's sure. been... It's been seriously. Uh, no, it's becoming know, very exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The difference between the two, certainly in terms of budget, because then actually, well, I mean, Corinthians didn't destroy Boca in the in the final at all. No, no. I no, mean, they, they beat you know they beat they them, beat them but, well, but yeah. yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, there weren't two four nil or five nils as Barcelona beat Santos, say, in the mm-hmm. World Club Championship. Yeah. So, but I mean, the difference in budget is just. It's yeah. Mm. But Sao Paulo beat Tigre in the last in the final of the Sudamericana, and it was uh, serious. Yeah. Well, it was uh, a bit of help. Well, yeah, a bit of help. A couple of guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost happened to Arsenal last time. But yeah. But and also, no, I mean, the, the I've thing is, never this, this point, mm-hmm. sorry, is kind yeah, of. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's Arsenal. It's illustrated for me by the nature of the two. 
Um, there's one all Argentine and one all Brazilian tie in, in, in the first knockout round. The all Argentine tie, as I've mentioned already, as well as Southfield against Newell's Old Boys, uh, which begins on Wednesday evening, and then I think the second leg is in a couple of weeks' time. And the all Brazilian tie is Atletico Mineiro against São Paulo. And you look at how, I mean, okay, São Paulo, obviously, Atletico were the first placed, uh, first placed team in, in the seedings, which means, of course, that São Paulo were the worst of the second place sides. But even then, just in terms of the budget. Also, though, I guess, I guess, given that what we've just spoken about, it actually makes it quite—it um, works out well that it's not this, the European system where you can't have two clubs from, mm. from the same yeah. country, right? They're separated because uh, they, they cancel each other out, and it just means that I mean, one Argentine side is, is guaranteed to go through. I mean, it's it's almost um, it's, uh, working out in favour of, of the yeah. lower budget. Countries, right? The, the I almost want to go into another conspiracy thing here, but no, the winners no, no, no. I'm going to resist. Them. No, I'm going to resist. The winners of the two ties I just mentioned play each other in the quarterfinal. Yeah. So it's going to be Atlético Mineiro or Corinthians against Newell's or Venice in the quarters. Um, and of course, as Joel mentioned, if, if two sides from the same country reach the semis, they both have to play each other in the semis, regardless of what the seedings say. Moving on from Boca Juniors, we have well, we might as well mention first of all Aston Alves Sarandí. Since uh, Santiago's here, he's, he's pouring. A couple yeah, of I'm sorry, but I, I didn't see that game because I was so frustrated about last week's loss against. Um, yeah. Well, actually, we won against Strongest, but then the other yeah. match didn't go as a plan. So I was just so frustrated that I didn't, yeah. didn't even watch it. But so it was a lot. It was a, a week later, exactly. If it was the same <laughs> as me, so. well, I think more than anything, the big story from that game's um, yep. for San Lorenzo. They had a very punishing, very deflating <laughs> loss against yes, against Racing, of course, four-one at home. <laughs> And who, who could forget it? No, who could forget it? It's, it's gone down in history. <laughs> and, and then they had to go to Arsenal, obviously, not an easy place to get points in the last couple of years. And, and I know a few people were talking about Pizzi. If he lost, his job was going to be in threat. Like, they were sort of getting sucked towards that, that danger zone, that near the relegation zone. And they came back one yes. nice. Joel's just massacred a mosquito. It's got brilliant. blood all over my hands. Yeah. And yeah, they came out with a three-one win, which yeah, which could be invaluable for for the coming season. Mm. Yeah, what's interesting about San Lorenzo is that they have quite a lot of youngsters now playing. Yeah, I think Vishalba scored again. Well, Vishalba, I wanted to yeah. mention Vishalba's the kid who we mentioned last week who scored the eighty-yard solo effort. Um, but and he scored again for San Lorenzo. He scored their second goal. That was after the goal, goal in two matches in Primera. Goalkeeping. Yeah, sure. By Campestadini. Who, who I really like, but well, really, we mentioned Campestrini on we mentioned Campestrini last week as one of the or Mariano did as one of the top five Argentine goalkeepers. Yeah. I think he's one of the top three. Yeah, not just Saka, Orion, Mariano wasn't just talking yeah, yeah. in the league; he was talking Argentine Overall. goalkeepers. Oh, stop okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was quite a howler. Yeah, but you know, funnily enough, maybe Mariano was. As I said, I was very frustrated about not about the loss and everything, and it's meant to happen to the players as well. So it's not surprising that after. You know that yeah, Arsenal enough. actually won against the strongest, so they actually did what they had to do. Mm. But then the other match didn't go as planned, so we were out. And um, Arsenal didn't. Uh, the, 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 you know, the, the local championship wasn't the priority. It was always the Libertadores. So after actually losing your main goal in the season, then next game is meant to be. Yeah. You know, your players are meant to be not that excited. And, and after all, all those matches played in a row. I mean, um, the River match was played just a couple of days before the strongest match, and I think seven out of the eleven players were the were not the you know the starters. Mm. They they just had had like three or four substitutes in, 
so it's it's been a really long string of matches for Arsenal, and you know they're meant to fall one point or another. So I don't blame them really. It'll be interesting to see whether Arsenal. I mean, we, we, as we were saying before, Arsenal actually have had a, a better first half of the Donnell final than they had of last year's Donnell Clausura, yeah. which of course they ended up winning. Um, so they're actually better positioned at the moment, and if they now they've not got that midweek distraction for Libertadores, yeah, they could mm-hmm. easily join the title race in the next few weeks. Um, immediately after that game was Godoy Cruz against River Plate. We've already talked about a couple of potential conspiracy theories when it comes <laughs> to refereeing this weekend. I think this one, as much as anything, was just too bad decisions from two different people coming together in one incident um, because the first goal for River uh, River won 2-1 against Godoy Cruz in Mendoza um, and when Lancini scored the first from the penalty spot after Carlos Luna had been brought down just outside the penalty box about a yeah, yard outside right. yeah. uh, the linesman saw this and decided no that was inside the box um, so he told the referee to award the penalty and the referee then decided that even though Luna had been bearing down on goal, had been taken out by the last defender um, and had the ball well under his control, it wasn't really a goal-scoring opportunity. So he only <laughs> booked, um, uh, who was it, Nico Sanchez. Um, yeah, this happens a lot. So on the one hand, on the one hand Godoy should have been down to 10 men, on the other River should have had a free kick. What happened was Godoy stayed with 11 and River had a penalty, which was scored. Fair enough. On balance, I, I think, as, as, speaking as a River fan um, for a second, I think I've just about take what actually happened rather than what, what should have happened. So you could argue that it yeah, but it was early in the game, and I think if you play an hour against ten men, it tends to it can. But sometimes you find out, that that team just sit back and make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Through. And actually, creation of, of attacking player moves is, is, is what River have been struggling to do. So, so I think you're probably right about that. But I mean, it was just as you said, it was just two. I mean, terrible mistakes. One of them was was in the idea itself. I mean, regardless of whether it was in the box or outside the box, it's a, it's a just the most blatant red card. Yeah. Mm. Incident or situation that can possibly yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, bizarre, yeah, and so. I mean, you, you said to me, it's like, oh, but you know, as your friend, I think you're pointing out that you, you've met um, somebody was, or other. I was so, joking. No, 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 but, but but you're right. But it is that if you don't make if it's a, a clear goal scoring chance, you know. Yeah. And I thought you. Yeah, and it's yeah, one of the being things. Being a bit harsh on Luna. What, what Joel, he miss a one. When when, <laughs> when Joel says somebody or other, he means Horacio Alisondo, who who, um, yeah. who introduced him to Pod a couple of weeks ago. To be fair, Sam did tweet said he, he did mention to me he said as my friend Horacio, yeah. uh, my said. friend Horacio. <laughs> I call him Horace for sure. <laughs> he, he, he called me his friend. Big H. The interview. So. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things that, that he that he said to me was, you know, it's it's always a little more grey than just strictly black and white because it depends on the referee's interpretation but it is one of those where you look at that and you think how on earth did the referee interpret anything but a goal scoring yeah, chance yeah. no he's trying to make up for it as, as, I, as, I, said, as I said to John after that if, if it had yeah. been Caicedo then yeah maybe you've got some leeway making a booking but yeah. Carlos Lewis is not that hopeless and um, you have this defensive sensation just after that, and then early in the second half, Alvarez Balanta scored with his cock. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Which the main, uh, the main <laughs> uh, sports uh, journalism, uh, you know, the, uh, Ole. Some of the some of the stuff going around after that was. I have to say, was obviously we're aware in Argentina and in Argentine society there are not very many to virtually know black people and I saw a couple of comments on Twitter that made me yeah cringe slightly 
uncomfortable. Yeah, really, I didn't read say. anything. Um, I, I made it extremely uncomfortable. It was, it was pathetic. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, come on, just because, you know, it's just... But it's all that anyone was talking about. But, 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 but then you saw it on the cover of Olay and you're saying, this is impossible. It was, the front page of River Plate was taken from the River Plate anthem which is by um, Copani, and it says, um, Rio Bris sigue siendo el más grande. El más grande sigue siendo Rio Bris. The biggest one is always Rio Bris. And, and they take yeah. their R out and they put an L in, and it turns from the más grande to el más grande, which means... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got a bit of a playing words there, talking about this um, Valanta's dick. Mm. Uh, <laughs> which is uh, a bit tasteless. To be honest, there's, there's, exactly, because actually there's, there's quite an interesting story about Balanta, which is the whole. Uh, I think you talked about it last. Sorry, right, and I got asked about it. I got asked about. We talked the other the other week about his um, his registration situation and the fact that as an under twenty, he only he's only allowed to play twenty five percent of games. But he, you know, blah blah. Um, and I got asked about his his contract specifically not just the registration with the actual contract he's got with River so um, I, I asked uh, Sebastian you Sror. pestered Sebastian Sror I said two questions yeah <laughs> he's a very nice <laughs> man and he, he, he replied to both um, and he's kind of clarified for me that um, uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter if you speak Spanish his Twitter is Sebas Rur um, R-U-R at the end um, and, and he clarified that at the moment Balanta's only got an, an, an amateur contract He's already verbally agreed that he's going to sign a new one in June, a professional contract with River. In the meantime, if anybody wanted to, they could just steal and take him off River for nothing. Um, but it's all a matter of trust. And the reason that River haven't given a professional contract yet is because at the moment they're, um, they're only allowed four foreigners um, in the Primera squad registered. And those four spaces are taken by David Tresegui, uh, Rodrigo Mora, uh, Carlos Sanchez and Dadaweto Roman. Who are French, Uruguayan, Uruguayan. So as a foreigner, he can play. As an amateur, as an amateur, no, 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 he can't. He can't. He can't play all the games. There's a limit no, on how no, many games he can play. This is an amateur. Play as a foreigner for like seven games without a contract. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they could sign, let's say, for example, eleven foreigners on amateur contracts mm. and put them from the start. You could. It'd be slightly stupid too because you'd lose them for nothing after a couple of games. Well, yeah. Played well. But yeah, in, in yeah. theory, that would be strange. Yeah. That strange. Um, right. So yeah, that, this is why Balanta's not signing a professional contract until the end, or, yeah. well, either the end of the season or until he's played his eight games for River and can't play anymore, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because uh, you, you said that there's not a, a lot of black people here in Argentina and, and it's true. And I actually think that, you know, you have a defensive, like, you know, a youth, a defensive youth who's coming in for a first match, he has a very solid first match, then he has a solid second match, he scores a goal on the third one. Uh, on the third one, it's not meant to be such a big thing, but yeah. it's made to be, you know, no, it's no, huge. One, one but again, everyone is talking about this But guy. the other thing is, even, even, even if he hasn't help. scored the goal, mm-hmm. even if he hasn't scored the goal, he's still yeah. been one of the best players on the pitch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Ramon Diaz didn't help because he, in the mix zone afterwards, he said... That Balanda has has things that remind me of Passarella. Yes. Yeah, and Passarella <laughs> also said something that he he was valued now in ten million dollars yeah. after two matches in Primera. He's he's yeah. kind of it's a very dangerous thing to say when you're hoping that <laughs> yeah. the kid signs a professional contract so you can actually get a transfer fee. Yeah. Well, well, Passarella has a form, form on this because I mean he said that Bellucci, uh, <laughs> Fernando Bellucci, was worth forty million back in the day. Yeah. So, um, but, but, but I quite like exactly well, Fernando yeah. Another one. I, I like the fact that that he defends players and he looks for good price. From, from European You might put it this way, Josh. Some of us might say he's turning into a bit of a smoke seller. Yeah. That's the phrase is in. Well, no, but he, or you could say that he always has been in that case because yeah. when 
mean, Bellucci said it seven years ago, eight years ago. So I mean, um, but uh, but but for Ramon Diaz to say that he's he looks he plays like uh, like Passarella. Passarella being he's a a strong left-footed centre back. That's what Belanda is. Passarella is a winning captain. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Passarella. And this might be another example of Passarella's Passarella's the only Argentine with two World Cup winners medals, as he's never tired of telling people. There's also that. Um, yeah, he's, he's a defender who scored 199 goals in the Argentine game. Yeah, he scored, yeah. I mean, 150 or whatever goals as a centre back. I mean, yeah, yeah to, to, to probably compare, the, to the compare. best centre back in Argentina football history. Yeah, so ab- you're comparing this guy who has three matches in Primera to. Yeah, yeah, Although I guess we can't yeah. lose the fact that Ramon is the coach hired by Passarella, so yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, I'll give you this job yeah. as long as you help me with my smoke selling. Yeah, but still, I mean, uh, if, yeah. if Valanta doesn't, I mean, I mean, what if he has a, a bit of a, you know, of a stump now? What, well, what, what about Funes Mori? Ramiro Funes Mori, the the centre back, also left footed. Everyone was saying he's pleased, and he does look good. He does look, yeah. He's and and better he's in a kid. his position than his brother up front, let's say. But um, but exactly, he's a kid. Yeah, and he's a kid in defending. When yeah. you're a kid and you're attacking, it's not the same because you miss a goal and it's okay. Yeah. But when you're you a kid and you're a defender, you make a mistake and you're fucked. Yeah. So it's you, you don't have to do that to to do a youth defender. You, yeah. you you have to just let him play and. Let him so he's, he's, he's a kid who's doing very well up until now. Yeah, Especially but it's three matches. Three matches. He doesn't have a contract. Yeah. So, I mean, he could... I mean, it seems that River invested a lot of money in him. They brought him over from Colombia. They put him in the pension. So they've, they've yeah. looked after him. It's unlikely that he'd turn around and sign for someone else. But as he said... But you never know. That's a possibility. And if yeah, he's got the wrong kind of agent, you yeah, never know what yeah. can happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for the moment... Doing well. And the other thing, I, I saw an interview with him on ESPN uh, a couple of nights ago. He seemed like a really lovely kid as well. Yeah. <laughs> Very good-natured and trying to laugh off the the uh, interviewer's attempts to get him to reveal which Colombian restaurant he goes to in Nunez all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. To the extent where they almost started bullying about it. He was like, no, I'm, I'm just not going to tell you. Okay, <laughs> Please stop it. Well, it's refreshing that someone isn't eager to say which place they do always go to. Yeah. Right, to get he, he, gave, he gave a rough yeah. approximation of the address and that was as close as he got. And then he went, oh, right, so that block is, th- there's this place or this place, right? Which of those is it? And he just kind of went, no, shut the fuck up. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's um, good. <laughs> anyway, we've mentioned um, Union and Lanús nil-nil draw already, which which means Lanús and Newell's are joint top of the uh, Donnell final, if I haven't mentioned that fact already. Uh, and the other remaining game is that Tigre finally put an end to a run of four consecutive defeats and in fact three consecutive matches conceding three goals um, in the league with a 1-0 win over Argentina. Schill's which, already got his hand up. Which is also one for the conspiracy theorists, right? Don't, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Well, because, um, because Argentina's had two players sent off. I didn't see it, but I, as I understand, one of them is very, very questionable. And Really? Some, some have been told. Yep. One of them oh, Mathishan got the straight red yeah. very close to the end for... But the game was already over. Oh, it was Well, I was, I was, I, I don't follow many TV supporters, but I, quite a few Argentine supporters. Mm. So obviously they were upset. Yeah, I think they just off. Yeah, Matt, Matt Shams, well, I saw a TV in the 89th minute. Just was for, it was from a challenge from behind on the one hand, but on the other hand, on the feet, and it was just a trip. It wasn't particularly okay. vicious. Labas, 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 Labas. First booking a bookable offence was a very bookable offence. Orange card, as, as hmm. so. and his second book of an offence was a straight red. It right. was hideous. Well, um, sorry, on this very quickly, just going back to River very quickly because I think <coughs> it's quite important. Um, River didn't play very well. Iturbe 
had to, was booked while he left uh, the pitch against um, at Godecruz because he was basically limping because he'd been he'd been kicked and hacked so many times and there were two or three David Ramirez had a, had a go at him one of the, the left back whose name I can't remember um, also did exactly the same but but despite that he's not I mean he's, he, he's not the next Messi he's not the, the Messi Paraguayo and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but he does bring pace and it's incredible how how Teams can't deal with it. Left backs mm-hmm. can't deal with it. You just run it with his pace. He's able to make a difference. So, um, but as I said, he uh, more than, I think more than that, the fact that he he brought out. Um, I mean, yellow cards should have been red cards because he was. I mean, he couldn't walk by the end of the game. Yeah. Um, which uh, we saw the same thing be... last year, if you remember, with um, Centurion right. Racing. Yeah, exactly. The guy who's a little bit explosive yeah. with a little bit of pace and also got that kind of attitude that I don't give a fuck what you're going to do to me. I'm going to go past you. And it draws fouls, like, yep. I remember Santorion got kicked from pillar to post, like, yep. it was incredible. And yeah, people just don't know how to deal with these kind of flair players who actually want to take it around you. And then they come out in the press with all sorts of crap, like, oh, they wanted to embarrass me. It's like, no, they're playing football, like, this is mm. football. Football's not smashing a ball 50 metres up the field to see who gets mm. on it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's everyone, when he actually gets his game to be a bit more solid and consistent, he's going to be a great player. Right now, he's yeah. like this like well, he's, he's, playing, he's, he's like Michael Owen now. Yeah. He just All he's got is pace. Mm-hmm. He's got nothing else, really. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and when he does, as you said, get a little bit more... Yeah, consistent. Uh, just, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, he's going to be brilliant. But by now, he's, he's a bit... He's a good substitute. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that completes our roundup of the Primera and of the the Copa Libertadores stuff as well. Actually, I guess T- Tigre. Tigre. Yeah. Um, we have to mention Tigre's Copa Libertadores finish because it was astonishing. Tigre very nearly ended up with the tightest group stage finish of possibly any competition ever, um, with thirty seconds of their game against Libertad last Thursday to go. Tigre's group was over and if it had stayed as everything was at that point because um, who were the other two teams in it? Uh, Libertad, Tigre, Cristal and the fourth one the Brazilian side Palmeiras Palmeiras um, yes. pa- Palmeiras versus, versus Sporting Cristal was finished had already finished and everything had finished in such a way that at that point we had two teams Palmeiras and Tigre on nine points two teams Libertad and Sporting Cristal on eight points and hmm. everybody had a goal difference of zero. <laughs> <laughs> so Palmeiras and Tigre were separated. I think it was by the by goals scored. Um, but Libertad got a very, very, very late uh, consolation, which meant that Tigre only won 5-3. Bear in mind, Tigre had started this game out of the competition, had to win, nothing else would do for them to qualify, and they'd already lost to Libertad at home. Libertad are a side of some continental experience in the last few years as well, yes. so I don't think anybody was really expecting giving Tigre much of a chance and they just massacred them apart from these couple of one of Libertad's goals came from you know open play and a good goal but the other two were basically Tigre defenders faults and apart from that Tigre were absolutely sublime um, and then this late goal just robbed us of what would have been a beautiful group stage table finish for, for the statistics fans um, so well done to Tigre it leaves unfortunately Santiago's Arsenal uh, the only Argentine side to go out of yep. the Copa Libertadores in the groups yep. we never we never got it to, to the you know to the final stage in Libertadores so yeah. that's always next year yeah that's always it's next a, year it's a tricky yeah. um, tricky group you have as well we always yeah, have tricky groups always always it's, mm. uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Mineiro gets to the final because it, it would be the no, third right. time in three participations we have in Copa Libertadores where someone in our groups gets to the final 
It's um, almost as if Conor so, yeah. are trying to make up for all of the favours that happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But actually, Arsenal actually got uh, very, very bad referee decisions in Libertadores. Uh, very bad. And, and you, you got... referee decisions, yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, if you actually look at it, uh, in we every single match... You can title, Sam, you can title this podcast The Referee and Shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Referees <laughs> Are Shit podcast. Yeah, of course. South American <laughs> referees are shit, people. Just yeah. referees in general. Really. But that's what it all comes down to. But yeah, I was very frustrated. Um, I said I had to win and had to wait for Sao Paulo not to win. Mineiro had Mineiro was playing Sao Paulo. Mineiro had won all of their matches. And yeah, that result they, was always going to happen. Mineiro were never going to take a result against Sao Paulo. Uh, well, it depends yeah. because it was the seeding yeah. counts. Yeah, they already have fifteen points. Uh, they were already yeah. guaranteed the first didn't place. Didn't they go into yeah. the first place anyway? Yeah, yeah. 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 And now they're playing against Sao Paulo again. They are because yeah. Sao Paulo were the second. Yeah, yeah they should have really tried a bit harder because I think they would have rather. You know, no offense, but I think they would rather have played Atlético Paranaense than Sao Paulo. Yeah, yeah, so that that would be a nice point to, for them to win, but they yeah. didn't yeah. really seem to try. Okay. But yeah, and Arsenal had a million chances to actually because Arsenal had the same points as Sao Paulo. Actually, it was by goal difference yeah. that Sao Paulo went through, and um, Arsenal had a million chances to actually make the score more even for them. And well, it was and, uh, one one goal either way. One goal for Atletico, one goal for Arsenal would have made the difference. Wouldn't oh it? no, it was a, a lot more. There was four goals difference. I mean, Arsenal. No, had initially, to win by, but, I mean, by the time the final whistle went. One, oh, one yeah, goal yeah, either yeah. way would have made that goal if nah, it was now. Well, I think it was actually four. Oh, sorry, goals. no, it might have been. No, I think it was two by the end because Sao Paulo got a late one themselves. Yeah, it was so, four. Yeah. It, it was two. I mean, I mean Arsenal started won two, off being two nil, nil the and end, yeah. they should have made it four nil uh, to make it even. Yeah, and if it was even, then Arsenal would have won because we we won against them in the in the in the, in the head to head. Yeah, in the head to head matches. But uh, yeah, Arsenal. When when Arsenal has the chance to actually go for and be the attacking team and have the ball and be the proposing team, they never do it. Never. Mm. So yeah, this was one of many matches where Arsenal had the obligation to go for and score a lot of goals, and they didn't. As I said to you, when the match was uh, play was being played, last time we scored more than four goals in a game was two thousand seven, yeah. two thousand and eight. So yeah. It was impossible. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, still, it's quite a contrast from what we were talking about a year or two ago on Hand of Pod when Vélez were the only Argentine side to make it out oh, of the yeah. group stage. Uh, we've got it's four, surprising. four out, sorry, three out of four. Yeah. All right. Newells? Four out of Tigre? I've not forgotten anybody else. Boca. And Boca, sorry, yeah, four out of five. Yeah, four out of five. And all six Brazilian teams. Um, Honestly. Along with all six Brazilian teams. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a turnaround for Argentine. Maybe it's not in such a slump after all. Um, we're not going we to up, go on, John. Just very quickly, end up doing all this um, in, in Europe as well with the Champions League. I mean, every every time that I mean, well, the Premier League is in crisis. Year, this year, the Premier League's in crisis. Um, yeah. Next but, but, but they've had finalists for the last yeah. four years, or yeah. however many it is. I'd say, yeah. I mean, you know, if we're going to talk about trends, really, you have to talk at least talk over sort of say three yeah, seasons. I think if you're going to treat it that way, then the only certain thing that we can definitely say about South America, full stop, is that the Brazilian league is not in crisis. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say everything I'd say, else um, yeah. the Brazilian league yeah. in my opinion the most worrying thing that I've seen this year like if you can call one year a trend is that we're not I mean can you guys think of any team outside of Argentina and Brazil 
who could win this year because in previous years you know obviously yeah, in 2008 we had Liga de Quito yeah. and there's been and last year of course uh, we had the Chile yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Nos, Chile Atletico Nacional a great team Nacional wouldn't entirely surprise me Tijuana Peñarol of course who got to the final Tijuana the main surprise but then you said this year Peñarol were dreadful though so I mean Peñarol yeah. got to the final and then yeah. they were out in the yeah. group yeah. stage sure I mean, yeah. it's just. No, this is what I'm saying. Like, exactly, at least exactly. Pinyarol and yeah. I think there was another team, Catolica as well, went quite far in. Yeah, Catolica's yeah, done well. Yeah. But this year, I can't, I can't see any team aside from the Argentine and Brazilian contingent winning it. Genuinely, with, with the Libertadores being the Libertadores, I could see Tijuana just the way they were in the group stage, just yeah, accidentally massacring. Which, which in itself is is well, Olympia as well. Good. They, they've got, bring us for us. Tijuana have got Palmeiras in this first knockout stage, and Palmeiras playing one of the Libertadores, but yeah, they're, they're, they're in the second, 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 second division, division side now. Yeah, well, they've got the Argentine yeah. international striker. Well, Olympia and Barcos. Yeah. Barcos. And Olympia, which was awful for Huracan. Yeah. <laughs> awful, really. And for us, well. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have to say <laughs> as well, given that given how they qualified from the group stage. And I know that they're, they're not a team who are not Brazilian or Argentine. Uh, they're Argentine. Um, I wouldn't put it past Tigre to go further than anybody is expecting. No, of course not. Mm. Especially after the Sudamericana campaign. Oh, they, they made a habit of losing the first, the first leg away from home by an absolute landslide and then somehow managing one yeah. goal more. in have got continental match. experience now. I mean, they'll be... Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're now going to, to play some some of our lovely theme music uh, provided by by Nick Ball of Albert Ball's Flying Aces. If you want to look them up on Facebook, and we will get back and answer some of your questions. question this week is from Phil Carney who asks and I like this one um, who do you think is Ro- Ricardo Caruso Lombardi's closest equivalent in British football Phil Brown Neil Warnock no, Phil Brown uh, physically and <laughs> stylistically nah, he's got much more of a gut than Phil Brown come on man come on he's got he's got the uh, uh, goatee <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> for me he's Neil Warnock like, complains about everything no, no, no. wants to fight everyone plays like, shit Dan's, football Dan's going from the metaphysical point of view and Joel's going from the physical I'm going from the physical and from the come on Phil Brown had, had left um, kept Hull on the pitch during half time to do the uh, to the team talk I mean yeah. He, yeah, he's got very but Hull played gestures alright but the other football. thing that I'd say, they played yeah. fairly decent football like they tried to pass it right or um, hey. uh, Hull and uh, Phil Brown they at least yeah, no, played true. some decent football. Whereas Caruso Lombardi has massacred the Personality-wise, maybe. But, but, but yeah. basically resultless performances. It's, it's a Google, Google image, Phil it's Brown and Caruso. Not, who cares about what he looks like? Well, that was the question, right? <laughs> no, 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 closest equivalent. He doesn't mention physical appearance yeah. or anything. <laughs> so, I'm not, I'm I, not I, I, suggest, like I suggest possibly Harry Redknapp, having developed the, the kind of reputation for being a bit of a weird dealer and a bit of a relegation specialist. No, uh, I'm he, he, don't, he doesn't have the, the Argentine media mafia on his side so much that he's, he's no. for the England for the Argentina job. But they're both ha- up, Harry has that. He's not they far are, off. I've heard they people are both up say Caruso Correa Argentina. They are both going to assholes. Yes. As well as Warnock, as it, well as Phil Brown. All four cunts. I have joined a Facebook group that says Caruso Lombardi for Argentinian 
Rubenbot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a curious believer. You were talking yeah. about uh, Rubenbot. No, actually, um, Ozzy Dan was talking about Rubenbot, and it was just time to say. Caruso Lombardi spotted that guy and Caruso Lombardi he took that guy yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I'd like to see what half of the people who are in this Facebook room would actually say if he was given the Argentina manager job anyway. um, Caruso actually said that Messi had to be a substitute right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus. remember that yeah. Caruso, Caruso said Caruso said he, he did the equivalent of the Andy Gray can yeah. Messi do it I don't on, want on, Messi on in my team no no he, he said like, Messi todo bien loco pero it's like, can he do it in Al Boys? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Program, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he couldn't do it in music true. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Caruso, I think it's So, what, what we're actually yeah. saying is that Caruso Lombardi's closest equivalent in British football is Andy Gray. Well, not far off. Yeah. yeah if Andy Gray ever managed, then yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, if I was Messi, I'd come back to Argentina now, leave Barca, just, just, just get Barca to learn you from that guy from the Just so you can shove it down Caruso's throat and that's done. Yeah. 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 So that you can score 20 Three months. Go to, for the first game when you have to go to Flores to go to a boys, he scores five. Guys, fuck you, Caruso. And then goes back to Barca. But Caruso has got a very poor and very shit Argentino side to not lose any more matches since yeah, he got yeah, yeah. Well, until, until, no, no, he's, he's not. Oh, he's not. Oh, yeah, he's lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing is, his mm-hmm. persona takes over charge of everything. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, 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 he's he's a coach who, who can yeah. get those kind of results for a side yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on, on a slide that he can pick them up again. Independiente should have got Caruso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Coco the monkey. He doesn't ask so much as say. Uh, <laughs> Paul Fernandez is the Funes Mori of Boca. Well, uh, this, this, this is what I want to Which say. Which one? Ramiro or Rogelio? Because who's the lad who scored the Godoy Cruz goal? Castillon. and Paul Fernandez is exactly the same thing. Two of them, one on one. I mean, on the on the far post, completely free. Had two seconds on the ball. I mean, loads of time. And they both just went, just went to smash it. Yeah. And but that guy, mate, you've got space, time, and you're in a good position. Just place Think it. about it. Yeah. Think mm-hmm. about it. And Paul Fernandez did it against. Against um, Yeah, yeah. It was like on the 89th minute. It would have meant a, a late winner for late winner, Boga. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. In, in Plus, it's so completely different. Paul Fernandez is the number five, right? Exactly. Yeah. That, it's no, not no, like, no. This, we're talking, this is not about quality or position. This is about mentality. Uh, what you are taught and the reason, how you play football. Yeah. I mean, so Funes money is on the pitch to score goals. Fernandez, if he gets in that position, it's something new for him. Yeah. I suspect, that, I suspect that what Coco uh, means is more to do with the hype that's going on, especially because Paul Fernandez has just recently broken into Boca. And a lot of people much are talking about this young kid who's, you know, no, Paredes has been the one that's most hyped. Mm. Well, no, at least until Raquel came back. But there are a few. There's Colasso and, and Sanchez Mino more recently. Now it's Paul Fernandez. I think any kid that comes through Boca and's in the first in the Boca first team is going to get hyped. Sure. You know. Yeah. It's, no, it's right. he, look, he looks like a good player. Boca even more. It's true. Balanda, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Boca even more, like you know, for the media attention that gets focused on Boca even more than River, like any player that's puts three or four games together for Boca yeah. is. is I, in a, I, is I will never forget. Um, maybe you remember better better than I. Um, this kid who went over Boca and scored a goal against Racing, and then Ole had this pull-out poster of this guy, <laughs> and an interview with this guy's family, seeing the first match, and, you know, it was so, like, too much. Too much I know when Paredes yeah. scored, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Paredes, you're talking about when he, when he scored in the Clásico last year against Racing, 
They did a whole a whole compilation on the website of the six goals he'd scored in Primera. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like a whole yeah, video yeah. thing, you know. He scored like yeah, five or six goals and it's like Mira ese crack. Look, this look at that guy. It always with, happens. When you have yeah. you, I mean they've got what, three or four um, sports channels minimum on, on just the basic yeah. sort of package you've got three yeah. or four sports 24 hour sports channels two you've got, you've sports a, newspapers now two sports newspapers they've got to fill it somehow I mean it's fair yeah, enough yeah. I mean somehow you say, well, you say you say three or four but as of right now Fox Sports have got three and ESPN have got three well not yeah, all of them you got to lose the TSA have got two right then you get two that's six just between those two then you've got the local channels which do the sports programmes as well it's ridiculous yeah and for a layer you know it's a sports paper I mean they have to rely on well they rely on Boca River yeah yeah and also here in Argentina it's only football yeah. You have no other well, sports to fill well, the program. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's tennis, it's, it's only football, sometimes it's golf, when Cabrera's doing Argentine football. Yeah. So, I mean, you can get to page 20 and you've only, you haven't even touched... Yeah, on the website it's yeah, different because yeah, yeah. I put or any other sports. Page. Yeah. I remember just the Ole I read just the, the day before I left, three weeks ago. Lanús, top of the table. Guillermo Barrescoloto gave a, a press conference or an interview to someone other. They had a 200-word column <laughs> on Lanús. This is a, a, one of the greatest players in the last 20 years yeah. to play in Argentina, who's coaching the team that's top of the table, and on page like 22 or something, yeah, he had a yeah. you know, 200-word article. I mean, you know, yeah. like, as we've said that, before, all of this has, is just an yeah. extended job interview for the Boca job in a year's time, surely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, so moving on. Old. Next question. Joshua Bramlett says... <laughs> having listened to last week's, um, having listened to last week's podcast and to Seba's throwaway comment, which I mentioned earlier, he says, "Wait, there are two referee associations. Please explain in number one hundred and one. Thanks. Um, we pretty much have. I'm gonna no. Well, we, we've explained what the consequences are, but not the reasons. And um, I was looking up the reasons earlier today, in fact, and sorry, yesterday. Actually, probably something to do with Peronism and not Peronism. Not quite. But um, <laughs> as Seba <laughs> mentioned, as Seba Mariano <laughs> mentioned last week, there's the AAA, which is also the Unfortunately, the uh, the um, acronym for um, a, a right wing death squad. That's precisely yes for the sort of equivalent of the the um, the what are they called the blackheads or something in in, um, in Nazi Black Germany. Yeah. Um, Black the Black 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 Sorry, yeah, Argentina. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 Black skulls, the, the kind of elite division of the the Nazi. Yeah, this, this was a part of the Argentinian anyway, so there's, there's branch government in there's the seventies, which yeah. in which in this context means Asociación de Arbitros Association of Argentine Referees, and there's the Satra, which is the Sindicato de Arbitros Deportivos de la República Argentina, <laughs> um, which is the the union of sporting referees of the Argentine Republic. Um, and the reason that these two exist, basically until 1982 it was just the AAA. Um, and in 1982 there was a rift between the AFA and the AAA. The AAA members were going to strike, which was going to cause the whole of, of one weekend's matches to have to be cancelled because they couldn't get any referees for them. At which point the AFA said, no, right, we're going to create this new mm-hmm. union. And it's, this is the sad for us. So now there are these two kind of competing unions within Argentine football. And as we've already mentioned, some of the causes of this, uh, the, the current Sadra boss is, is an independiente fan, so this in, influences which referees referee which matches yeah. and which And also it's important to say that in referees. Argentinian football, the referees are put by hand. There's no kind yeah, of... Random. There's no randomness. No randomness. Yeah. There's just... Yeah. We just say who's going for each match and that's it. Yeah. So that's yeah. why the Sadra uh, head can say that 
we are not going to get any independiente matches because it's actually just done by hand. So yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Uh, next question is Phil N asks, do you know where Argentina v. Colombia World Cup qualifier game will be played? Yep. The short answer is yes, we do. Um, the slightly longer answer no, is Monumental. Daniel Monumental. And the slightly longer answer than that is that Lionel Messi had made a request to the Argentine FA to saying play Newell's he wants, Stadium. He wants to play an official match at some point for Newell's Old Boy, uh, in Newell's Old Boys Stadium. So can they make it Newell's an Argentina game? Argentina, the AFA had the plan to play against Colombia in Newell's Stadium um, for that reason. And it was all going to go ahead, it was all fine, blah, blah, blah. Julio Baranon is the vice president of FIFA, so mm-hmm. there's going to be no problem at all in okaying all of this with, with FIFA, because New Orleans Stadium isn't currently got the safety certificate it needs for FIFA games. At which point FIFA went <coughs> and said, uh, no, we need more notice than this to give it the certificate. If you want to play it in Rosario, then you can play it in the already FIFA-approved venue in which Rosario, Rosario Central. Which yeah. is Rosario Central. So the AFA had a look at this and thought, mm, probably Lionel Messi, given that he's made this request because he's a New Old Boys fan, isn't going to be too happy if we make him play in Rosario Central Stadium. So the match has now officially been moved to the Estadio Monumental. Which is five blocks away from here. Yes, yes. yes which we're recording almost next door to. Um, so there you go, it's at the Estadio Monumental. It's on the second weekend of June, I think it is, or the first yep. weekend of June. Yep. Um, I think it's much better living ten blocks from Ferro Stadium than living five blocks from Ferro <laughs> Stadium, just to put it out there. I'm really looking forward to this qualifier, by the way, because we're going to... Falcao, yeah. as well as all the others that we get to see Falcao. every time. Falcao, I mean, James Rodriguez. Yeah, you got Beckham against Argentina. Teofilo's coming back to Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it's probably going to be a boring nil-nil after all this We'll have to see. Like, I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to talk to a few boys, the guys who take the flags and we'll see how we go. <laughs> Make sure Gutierrez gets in with, yeah, his, gun, with, with his guns, remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he has to celebrate in some way. Uh, Justin Lynch says not a question but on the day that Julio Arca's contract was terminated at Middlesbrough I just wanted to thank Argentina for a great player you wow. I haven't heard about that <laughs> good call I'll, I'll agree with it um, admittedly practically nobody in Argentina is going to be listening understated to player in Argentina very understated player in yeah. Argentina yeah. nobody knows about it yeah, yeah very much I don't even know where which uh, Argentinian teams he, he's played for before going to you know Premier League I'm going to look him up now yeah um <coughs> Break because I don't know why I want to say is. San Lorenzo. I always want to say I'm, San Lorenzo I'm when I don't know. Union. I'm going to go with Union. Union. But I may be It's born in Quilmes. Argentinos Juniors. He was born. Argentinos, Sunderland, Middlesbrough. There we go. Argentinos? Argentinos, Argentinos and Sunderland and then both. Sunderland. Oh, just Argentinos then. Well, yeah. But he left really... really yeah, early, yeah, right? he left. He's... Uh, He's 32 now, and he left in 2000. He moved to Sunderland in 2000, so that he would have been 20. Yeah, well, he's years. one of those guys yeah. who leave oh, early and so. are never considered because yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he had plenty of time in England to make himself a star. Well, I suspect he's going to have plenty more time it. in England because I think he's married to to a local, which is why he went from Sunderland to Middlesbrough. Uh, he's married to somebody who's from the northeast of England. Yeah. And I, as far as I know, he's planning to stay there. Again, like, like I, I said this earlier about Balanta, but every interview I've seen with him, he seems lovely. Huh. Nothing more to add to that, really. So, yes, yeah. happy retirement, Julio Arca. And if you, if you is he retiring? It just says his contract was terminated. Contract terminated. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, he's he's only 32. He should well play again. He'll come back to Argentina. So, right? what's the story yeah. there? Maybe, yeah. Um, and Caruso is there, so. <laughs> Maybe Caruso and Arca. Caruso, no, no. Caruso and Arca is a dream partnership. Was all right in England, wasn't he? Like, yeah, for that nice very, very himself. good in the Premier League. Hopefully, he'll carry on. Who else is up in the, in the North East? Maybe a uh, move to Newcastle to, to complete the trio? Yeah. I'm sure Newcastle would do him. Like, 
I'd love to see hear what Sunderland and Middlesbrough fans think of that if he does move to Newcastle. But we'll see. <laughs> um, finally, Luis Bessone asks: To which Argentine stadium would you take a tourist for the best spectacle? Well, let me say, like we, we already know, know, we we already know, know what Dan is going to say. But I've got a feeling that you guys, and if Dan was here now instead of having died again. <laughs> he would agree with us like Racing is not a bad place to, uh, to bring a tourist right? no it's always it's guaranteed noisy even when the team are playing like crap partly because of the roof it has to be said it's one and of the few times I've taken tourists to the, the Popular it's kind of they send this like a transcendental experience you know yeah if I, if I was a tourist no exaggeration no exaggeration yeah yeah, yeah. 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 We, need, we need to get a camera along to these things so that you can see out his face after he says st- crap like that yeah. I, I've, I've been to um, a waste the way end of a Argentinos Tigre um, with, with someone who cl- who's classed as a foreigner he's, he's Argentine but he, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's lived for 30 years in, in Argentinos Stadium Argentinos, and he said, "It's amazing. It's the first game he'd ever been to in, in Argentina. He couldn't believe it." Arsenal, I mean, they've got hardly anyone goes there, and it still gets going. I yeah. mean, you know, it's not for, it's not a spectacle as such. Point is, yeah, but you're every really single, close to the every single, exactly, every single set of fans go nuts for the 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And every single stadium is good fun. Even yeah. clubs like Argentinos, which is as Joel kind of implies, let's say, what he just said, have a bit of a reputation among other Argentine fans for not necessarily being as loud. <laughs> during during a Clásico, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, when, I, when, I went to the when I went to the All Boys match uh, yeah. three, four weeks ago, it was, it was absolutely mental. Yeah. And then afterwards as well, they, they have a bit of a, a stadium tour around the club museum with the trophies and into the press room and out onto the pitch, which is always good fun as well. I mean, so ultimately, I so. if, it, if it's one game a year, if you can get to a Super Clásico yeah. and, yeah, and, the, and the home side wins... Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a, or, uh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't match it. You've probably missed the chance now because Independiente are going down to the bay, but before <laughs> that, 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 that was... Yeah. But then we're going, to be getting, we're going to be getting one back next season with, with Newell's and Central. Well, well Newell's and Central sure. are a very that, serious, yeah. serious... I don't know if Newell's... I don't know if someone is not... biased tourist to go to Newell's and Central. Probably not. Probably not, but just for yeah, any Central match or any Newell's match, it's going to be yeah. seriously loud. Yeah. Yeah. As someone, and, and we've said this on hand a few times before as well, but in terms of, and I suspect, obviously, Luis Besson is, is uh, Lepra Granate, he's, he's the, the Newell's fan. Who Actually, I'm, I'm going to change my answer slightly. For that reason. I'm going to say Racing in Buenos Aires, but overall, if you go to a Newell's game, you're not going to be disappointed. Indeed. It's fantastic. Yeah. Newell's, you Newell's are one of those. Something over? What was the deal there? No, 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 I'm going to say, because I've been to Newell's fat. News games by High Man Away, and they do scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. I, if, really, if I was to advise a tourist, I would probably go with two matches: a big one and a small one. So you go to maybe River or Boca or yeah. Racing or Independiente or whatever, and then just go to a maybe Venacional or a small match in Primera, and you'll get to to see yeah. both sides yeah. of the coin. You know. Yeah, I wouldn't it's say go a huge yeah. thing. I would agree hundred percent with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't and go yeah. any lower than Benacional because if you don't know people, it starts to get a little bit, a little bit shady. Yeah, yeah, shady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, if if you actually go to a Benacional match, you, you know, maybe this year you go to yeah, Gimnasia against any random or team, Ferro or against any team, and, 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 you, and you're going you're going to see very. You know, very loud fans. Yeah, maybe they're not proud teams too, too many of them, but they're seriously loud. Yeah. So yeah, I think you have to see both things. Yeah, you know, that's good call. the massive or, uh, can, of course, and the small thing, can, but yeah. it's also important. Yeah. Oh, we haven't talked about Urakan and that shit that went on there. Let's just say something about it now, Dom. <laughs> and the under seventeen. And yeah, we talked so long about Argentinos against Tigre. We can't mention all. We missed all sorts. We can't possibly mention all of this stuff. Don't worry, Joe. We've got about. 
to nearly three hours of recording time left, but we can't possibly. That's what you're sorry about. Uh, the under 17s have, have they qualified for the the under 17 World Cup? Did they not, not, they're not yet. They're in the last uh, hexagonal. Uh, oh, in this case, in that case, we'll cover it next week when they've finished that. <laughs> it was just the thing that happened after the Uruguay game that I wanted to tell us about this. Uh, the under 17 Argentina national side is playing in in the South American Championship, yeah. which is in Argentina, which is to qualify for the under 17 World Cup. Dan's now going to tell us something. Well, it's basically been a huge polemic. I haven't been watching it particularly. You need well, to go back to England and learn English, mate. Controversy. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> your positions, your, your construction, your vocabulary is all over the place. <laughs> it's true, it's leaving me. No, it's fantastic. No, no, bring it on. Yeah. Anyway, there was a, sorry, big, sorry. a big controversy, a big scandal, let's say. Well done. Um... <laughs> Can you not say polemic in English? It exists. You can, but it's not in quite that sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. If I was to say it, then it would be okay. Well, <laughs> if I'm put on kind of an Argentine English accent, then yeah. I, might be, I might go over. You might say that. So, um, the player of... <laughs> yeah, it was Argentina, Uruguay playing out in, in Mendoza and... San Luis. Or San Luis. San Luis. Yeah. That's where the two sites for the under-17 South American Championship are. And Tight match. Very, was it very free all? It was first time two nil for Argentina yeah. with a beautiful goal by Anders oh, with a river and half or something. Yeah, it was a uh, overhead, you know, bicycle yeah. kick from outside the box. <laughs> it was amazing, very similar yeah. to Francesco Lis one mm-hmm. uh, historic, yeah. you know, bicycle kick against Poland, against Poland yeah. like twenty years ago. And then it was two two for Uruguay, then three two for Uruguay, one man down yeah. for Argentina, and then they pulled it back in the last. Like 30 last, seconds last 30 yeah, seconds yeah. right Friel and basically the whole thing came about because they instead of deciding to basically celebrate the goal they took advantage of the moment to just take the piss out of Uruguay <laughs> and just like yes. celebrate in their faces yeah. which brought on a massive ruck in the middle of the pitch a massive we, fight we should just repeat in case anybody's thinking this is incredibly immature these are 16 and 17 year old kids we're talking yeah, about yeah. Yeah. everyone's under six, mm. yeah, 16 and 17 yeah, so they were just belting it's understandable for under 17 under 17s and under 20s for Argentina have a reputation for going for fair play when yeah. you had Beckerman the you know yeah, this, Beckerman I used saw to a be, great tweet on this yeah. actually it was um, yeah when Beckerman when Beckerman was in charge of the under 20s they in uh, the teams celebrated a good goal by hugging each other and being exuberant. And now, when the under 17s yeah. hit a brilliant goal, uh, they all start chatting, Shuru Avigilan. Yeah, yeah, that's what kind of thing is you're waiting. Yeah, seriously, when, um, when Peckerman was for the under 20s, they won every single championship and they also won the Fair Play Peckerman, Award. Yeah, Peckerman's yeah. full national team were the something like third place in the in the third fair play award for the two thousand and six World Cup. Yeah. yeah. Which doesn't happen. Which is astonishing for a full grown yeah. Argentine yeah. national team is amazing. So, yeah. so what's funny is that of course these are sixteen years old, yeah. so it's understandable. But then, but then yeah. the the question is who's the coach? Umbertito Grandona. Uh, <laughs> son of another the great fan who then, another famous yeah. Grandona. Yeah. And then who basically came out and defended his team and said, Ah no, it's nothing, they're just having fun. Which got yeah. a lot of coming. Yeah, actually, he said, "Fuck fair play. We yeah. we're meant to go to the World Cup, not get the fair Basically, play match. Yeah. So wait, I don't even care about yeah. that." And which then, is very frequent. Yeah. And then <laughs> in the weekend, which I just thought was absolutely fantastic, he managed. I mean, just imagine, you know, the magnitude of what happened. A national team coach getting chucked out of a third tier Argentine football match 
It's, oh, it's just yeah. mind-boggling. Sorry, tell yeah. us more about this, Dan. Talk yeah, well, you didn't know? I'm not sure exactly what the connection is between... Yeah, actually, what we didn't know was the coach of Tacheres de Cordoba. Tacheres de Cordoba is one of the two biggest teams in the Cordoba province. The other one is Belgrano, which, of course, played Boca this weekend. They're playing in Primera División. Tacheres is in the third division because they're doing like shit now. But they're going up this year. It looks like they're... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, they're going up to the second division. But Tito was in San Luis, so he was... Near, um, uh, he was near Cordoba, so he went over to see. The no, it was in San Luis directly. It was away. Oh, this okay, was where the problem match. became because. Oh, that's what the problem was. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, mm-hmm. in the third tier of Argentine football, there's no whether way. it's in Metropolitana in Buenos Aires or if it's in the interior, uh, you can't have any away fans in the stadium, and I think it was a pretty dodgy penalty. Something happened to that one all. Tachiris netted it and. Umbertito was, I know, it was an invite of the the San Luis club's president yeah. or something like that. Just started uh, going crazy in the box and just started cheering, cheering. Yeah, yeah. And they ejected him from the stadium. <laughs> the police came and he had to be physically escorted out of the stadium. You know, obviously to stop himself from getting killed, but also just to get him the hell out of it. And then I think it was the San Luis team started invading the pitch and went after Tachedes' players and stuff. It all kicked off but well, um, it's just incredible like the manager of a national team yeah. causing that kind of grief like, it's just it's well, sticking, staggering sticking with the um, conspiracy theories apparently I think Tachetis have had five penalties in the last six games hmm. and, they're, and they're going up and there's another again this whole theory about whatever yeah. Yeah. how, how often do, do teams get well get Boca if they've been playing sides with Matias Caruso defending for that <laughs> wow <laughs> this is a question. Yeah, but the is a it's a very big team to be in the third division yeah, of Argentinian yeah, yeah. full. They're meant to be in the first one, I, not well, even the second that, one. So I, I said this a few weeks ago. For some reason, Tacheres came up. It might have been when you were on as well, Santi, because you mm-hmm. talk a lot about the lower divisions. Um, and I mentioned that when I first started following Argentine yeah. football, Tacheres were about third or fourth in the table. Yeah, in in the Primera oh, table. Yeah. I mean, I saw lo- I saw them at home against River. I saw them, you know, on, on internet yeah. screens in 2003 when there weren't very many internet screens to go around. Yeah. Um, 2002 even uh, so yeah it was yeah it's great to see how they went down but they're meant to go up anyway they have a very large support team uh, supporting and um, they're a big team the club mm-hmm. I mean yeah to get some idea of the size is that they were the club Javier Pastore made his debut in and the man who gave Javier Pastore his debut as manager was Ricardo Gareca oh. Um, oh. so yeah and of course as, as Mariano says Mario Kempes came mm-hmm. up through them and yeah and a million others yeah, second biggest team in, or one of the two biggest teams in the Cordoba province, the other one being Belgrano. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest, I don't know, maybe five or six teams in the interior of Argentina. Mm. So, yeah. So you said, you said they're bigger than Instituto? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Historically? Yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, 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 historically. Uh, at least in, in, you know, in the sporting level. I don't know in the supporters' quantity right. or anything, okay. but yeah, yeah, but in the sporting level. They've been in the top division for way, way longer than Instituto. Mm-hmm. Instituto has always been the third team in Cordoba football and Instituto, the fourth team is in the Cordoba Instituto but, yeah. the club that uh, Ardiles came up through I believe that's mm-hmm. right isn't it? He, he played for Instituto before he moved to Racing I think yeah um, anyway we're now going to um, play a little bit of, of mystical theme music and you're going to hear Australian Dan's voice again because he's coming back to resurrect Mystic Dan for one week only
And now arrives the, the time promised at the beginning of the podcast. This feels very bizarre, recording it ten seconds afterwards. Um, in which uh, Australian Dan returns from, again, beyond the grave, to, uh, to give us his predictions for this weekend. Bear in mind, as we said at the top of the show, he's not been paying an awful lot of attention um, to the season so far, so it's going to be interesting to see how these go. Dan, take it away. Thank you, Sam. OK, we've got San Lorenzo and... Godoy Kras, uh, <laughs> Estudiants and Boca draw, Colin and Arsenal, Arsenal to win, San Martin de San Juan and Union draw, Independient to beat Argentinos, Newells to beat Racing, River to beat Quilmes, Quilms. <laughs> Quilms. Belgrano to beat all boys. Lainus to beat Rafaela and Velez and Tigre, Tigre to draw. I might have uh, lost a bit of my Spanish in the, in the last <laughs> <one>. <laughs> It happens. You got all boys right, though. So tell me how those predictions sound to you guys. <laughs> Anybody? Any thoughts? Yeah, uh... I was well, paying attention to the pronunciation and, the yeah, well, and also to be fair, you haven't got that much competition, have you, in terms of no. strike rate? So, so I'm sure you'll be you'll be fine there, Dan. Yeah, hold on. No, after all the all the all the crap I got from Sam about my uh, prediction, <laughs> oh, and the truth finally comes out. Yeah. Oh, it's always fun to to mock, even when even when one deserves mocking oneself as well. Um, anyway, thank you very much, uh, Aussie Dan. And well, and goodbye for now. But th- thanks very much yeah. for your guest appearance. It's good to hear your voice again. Yeah, it was great to chat with you all, and um, I'm sure we'll be in touch and talk to you again soon. Hopefully so. Tara. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Wonderful. Uh, thank you to Australian Dan for showing up again. It's been a pleasure to have, to have you back on. Uh, and now, I think that wraps it up for this week's Hand of Pod. Thank you to everybody for listening once again. And it's goodbye from uh, Santiago. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye from Joel. Goodbye. And welcome back. Thank you. Uh, goodbye from English, Dan. Goodbye, lads. I'm off to work on my English a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.